Hey, what's up? Welcome to Movie Dumpster Season 3, Episode 14. Today we're talking about Uninvited from 1987, directed by Graydon Clark. I'm Joel Scola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor Foop McGraw. Welcome to the dumpster. Oh, 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 oh. As near as I can tell, the cat that bit Mr. Harvey is highly poisonous. <laughs> A poisonous cat. Now, how is that possible? I found a piece of bloodstained shirt this morning. Oh. Rachel and I took a pretty good look at the blood. Oh. And it was mutating like nothing I've ever seen or heard about. Oh. And the cat's got rabies. Oh, God. Oh, I've seen rabies. Oh. I know what it does God. to the blood. This was a mutation. Biggest laugh in the whole fucking movie is Clue Gulager. Hands fucking down. <laughs> that guy is a wizard in this movie. He's on screen for like, what, 10 minutes total? Something like that. Uh, Clue Gulliger is a fucking, he's a fucking treasure, that guy, man. Whoop. I, I have a great story about him. I guess we'll, let's, I'm just going to open it up with that. Fuck it, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so I was able to obtain, now this is, okay, let me preface this with the fact that like, Uninvited is one of my favorite movies, like top 20. I would say it's in there. Okay. Of all time. Um I watched this film a lot when I was when I was a kid and I rented it a lot. Um but with that, I, I managed to find an original one sheet on eBay. And I go to a lot of uh conventions and stuff. Uh, and as as a lot of you have seen, like on the Instagram and stuff, we, we like to go to the conventions and meet the guests uh the actors and directors and actresses and stuff. Um so Clue Gallagher and James Karen, it was the same time that i met james karen and i actually talk about it on the willies episode hello handsome yes <laughs> so right after i went to james karen clue gulliger was right next to him because they were doing like the return of the living dead thing they were right next to each other so i go up to clue and i have my uninvited poster i have never seen another one um available anywhere so it's i'm it's pretty rare i would assume and and i'm very i'm very particular about my collectibles so I meet Clue. He's, he's fucking Clue is one of the most genuine dudes I've ever met. Um, he's just like he's super nice. Uh, he's funny as hell. He's very much like that guy. Just like hey, how you doing, fucker, or whatever, you know. Um, so, so I put down the poster in front of him for him to sign it, and um, he's got this can of fucking Diet Coke or Pepsi like right next to him, like right next to his where he keeps his markers and shit. Right? He's like he's like pulling the poster and like it's like slightly creasing and shit and he like he like almost knocks the fucking can over like three or four times onto this and my fucking heart keeps skipping beats every like i'm twitching every time he's fucking moving it and like i don't want to be rude and be like hey could you not fucking do that or (laughs) you know what i mean yeah so nerve-wracking oh dude it was it was crazy so he picks up a marker and he goes to to sign his name and i'll and i'll uh i'll post it on the instagram but he goes to sign his name (laughs) and he like fucks it up and then decides to use a different color, so there's just, like, half an autograph scribble, and then he goes <laughs> and he uses a different marker, and he signs his name, and then, like, draws a huge line up to the cat's face and puts a circle around it and put, this pussy killed me. <laughs> or or this this is the first pussy that killed me or what have you. I'll post it on Instagram. I gotta pull it out. It's in a tube downstairs. Um, 
funny as hell. It was just like a nerve. Uh, it was both equal parts amazing and nerve wracking at the same time. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, dude, it was great. I have I have a similar uh, autograph nightmare story, but I didn't know mine was possibly shady until years after I obtained it. Um, I went to a Dragon Gate wrestling show, met Shingo Takagi, who I fucking love. Uh, didn't know he was a bit of a jackass when it came to fan interactions and liked to fuck with him. Signs his name in kanji. <laughs> I go home and years later and someone's like, oh, he's notorious for writing the wrong name on there all the time in kanji and no one ever knows what he's actually writing. Oh, man. <laughs> so what does it say? Did you get out your uh, Japanese to English dictionary and <laughs> try to figure it out? Yeah. I'm never about to look it up because I'm like, I don't want to know if he did or didn't. I just want to see that. Oh, man. Is. That's a great story, though. That's so fucking funny. <laughs> I love that idea, like, going to different countries and you're, like, a superstar for whatever and just, like, signing a different name in a language that they don't understand. Yeah, someone was like, uh, yeah, I went and got Shingo's autograph and I went home and read it and translated it. Turns out he signed it as Dragon Kid. <laughs> <laughs> is that a different wrestler or is that what they call him? Yeah, same same company. Oh, that's <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> he probably wrestled Dragon Kid that evening. And <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, just to go back to Clue real quick, when I was talking to him, I guess we'll segue into some of the some of the 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 behind the scenes stuff for this. Um, his wife had passed away, and he was with someone else. I guess his girlfriend or his current her his current wife. And she had mentioned, uh, and he had mentioned that his son had done the effects for this film. Really? Yeah. But so I go to look it up, and. None of the names match up, and like I'm like, oh, maybe there's a different last name or what have you. Um, I couldn't figure it out, and he's not credited on the actual movie itself, so I don't, I don't know. Maybe he was thinking of a different movie. Maybe he was just uncredited altogether. I don't know, but uh, you could probably find out tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm gonna, I'm, yeah, because uh, we're talking to Graydon Clark. We're doing an interview with him. Oh shit! Yes. So. Uh, <laughs> So I hope you guys are ready for that because that's going to be fun. And that's going to be dropping on uh, the following Monday that this drops. Uh, I believe the 29th? Yeah. I don't know. You know what you should do? You should go to that Instagram and check in that, that MD guide. That's what you should do. Exactly. Spells it all out there for you. It spells it all out. The actual people who are credited as the effects on this, we got we got Mike Spatola um, and Alan Apone and... Um, Jim and Debbie Bolden. Now, Mike and Alan are credited as like special makeup effects, so I'm assuming that's all like the bladder effects and like kind of gore effects in this. I was stunned when I looked up uh, the the shows they've worked on. It, it's like insane. Uh, Spatola has worked on House. 19, you know, the one from 1985 that we reviewed? Yeah. Oh, wow. Also, P.S., you should go check that out. We did House and House 2, Slasher's, Slasher's uh, Quarantine Up. Yes. With the Slasher's podcast. You should go listen to those two, House 1 and 2. Uh, he did Leviathan, Tremors, Beastmaster 2, Terminator 2, Stargate. I was like, holy shit. Whoa. That's, like, amazing. And then Alan, you're, this is going to fucking rock it. You ready? Galaxy of Terror, Skeeter, Faces of Death 1, 2, and 3, Prophecy, the monster movie with the with the mutant bear, um, Butcher Baker, Nightmare Maker, uh, Night Warning, um, Evil Speak, Silent Rage, Wacko, which is another Graydon Clark film, uh, Friday the 13th Part 3, Lust in the Dust with Divine, and he worked with uh, um, Divine, and uh, then there's the other guy uh, from Polyester that's in that movie too. 
Anyway, Return of the Living Dead, Neon Maniacs, Invaders from Mars, Hunter's Blood, Return to Horror High, Earth Girls Are Easy, Chud 2, um, UHF? Oh! <laughs> I just watched that! Coneheads? You know, you said Apone, I was like, I know that name from somewhere. Aliens. <laughs> yeah, it turns out I know his name from a whole bunch of fucking places. Yeah. Um, he worked on Desperado, Deep Blue Sea, Iron Man 2 and 3, like the head the head makeup department lead, uh, Django Unchained, The Avengers, Thor 2, <laughs> Winter Soldier, Age of Ultron, Civil War, Dunkirk, the Westworld series. Like, holy shit, this guy's fucking track record is amazing. And he started off with a fucking mutant cat. With a fucking... Well, he didn't do the cat effects. <laughs> But he did the other makeup effects. Oh, okay. The cat effects were handled by Jim and Debbie Bolden. Um, and I guess they're like a married effects team. Um, but uh, Jim had worked on Predator. Uh, they both worked on Strays. And they both worked on um, Ace Ventura When Nature Calls. Jim worked on The Scorpion King. Signs. Um, pretty impressive. And mostly, it's all attributed to animal effects, right? Animatronic animal effects. So it kind of makes sense. It's kind of, yeah. you know, that was a big part of their career, I guess, was making animals for movies. Anyway, they handled the cat puppet and, and shit like that. Speaking of mutant cats. <laughs> yes. That's basically what this movie's about, if you haven't seen it at home. Sure is. You want a plot cruncher for us? Sure. Uh, so, at the local umbrella facility... <laughs> A uh, mutant cat. He's a fucking B.O.W., you think? I, uh, Probably. The way this thing functions, as we find out as the film progresses, I think it fucking is. Yeah. It kills a security guard, and it runs out of the fucking facility, and somehow ends up with a bunch of, you know, young adults, um, Clue Gulliger, George Kennedy... And uh, they're on a yacht, and it starts fucking killing them. And basically, the movie is all about them trying to get the fuck out of there alive while this cat is picking them off and while they're bickering. Yeah. More or less. It's basically, there's also, it's also like a an espionage story. Yes. Where, where um, this guy... Wall Street Walter. <laughs> Wall Street Walter Graham. He's embezzling money, and the FCC's after him. So he needs to get to the Cayman Islands before Monday to, like take all the money out of his bank account and disappear, right? So he finds these two hot young girls to fuck, but insists to George Kennedy that it's for cover, and then they bring along some other uh, teenage kids that they that they find, and then they end up going on this yacht and happen to bring a killer cat aboard, and then hijinks ensue. Yes, and by the way, since we just kind of glossed over it, George motherfucking Kennedy is in this movie, folks. I thought we were going to get to him, but yeah, that motherfucker's in this movie. George, I'm not here for anybody's shit Kennedy. <laughs> At the grumpiest I've ever seen him. He's constantly like, come on, we're not doing this. Yeah. <laughs> I think the best part about Graydon Clark's one of the best parts about Graydon Clark's films is that he always has really great actors and... Not that they're washed up by this point, but they used to be big, big Hollywood actors, and now they're kind of just working actors. You know what I mean? Yeah. The guys worked with Jack Palance. Yeah. Yeah. And George Kennedy, and all of these great um, classic actors that are just so fucking great, and, um, you know... He puts him in a killer cat movie, but they do an amazing job. You know what I mean? And he's worked with Jodan Baker on multiple occasions. Yeah, yeah, Jodan Baker. Yeah, Joysticks, and uh, uh, what, what was the one you like so much? Final fucking justice. Final justice. 
Yeah, Final Justice with Rosano Brazi, a.k.a. fucking Prune from the Christmas Ted almost wasn't. I think I identified him, by the way, because in the beginning of the movie, someone named Donnie is shot by Joe Don Baker. I think that's actually what sets the plot along. But, like... Oh, there you go. And that, But in my head now, in the MDU, like, he's shot, falls in the river, wakes up, and he's like, I am Prune. <laughs> I never got that sailboat, goddammit. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. The fucking Graydon Clark and the MDU are coming together. Graydon Clark Universe yeah. is merging with the MDU. I could see it. I think it's going to happen in this episode. The overlap, man. We're going into the fucking Bermuda Triangle here, so let's see. So, this movie opens, like I kind of alluded to, at this umbrella-ass fucking facility. Oh, boy. All right. Um. Wait, real quick, before we, before we kick, kick, get into it. There's two cuts of this film. Really? Oh, of course there is. There's a U.S. cut and an international version, and I will be your international guide on this trip. (laughs) (laughs) Your captain, if you will, of this ship uh, to let you guys know what's changed. And the big one here is in the international cut, this whole opening sequence is cut down to like two scenes really uh yeah because i really like how this is edited because it's like it'll show a scene and then it'll show some credits with like a black screen just yellow text and then it'll cut to a next scene something will happen and they kind of repeat this back and forth for a couple minutes until the plot starts going yeah there's none of the none of the exposition from the u.s cut is in the international cut in the beginning and it's got a totally different like music score. Huh. Which is strange. Is it better or worse in your opinion? Um the music. No, I like I like the the score of the US cut for sure. Okay. But yeah, so we go into this fucking facility and uh we're introduced to Dr. Gray. Graydon Clark himself. Gr- Dr. Graydon Clark, I guess they might as well have called him. <laughs> <laughs> and they're uh, and like so so right away the first shot of this movie is cat X rays. And I'm like, finally, <laughs> One of them goes like, it's probably a teratoma. We have to cut this cat open right now. I'm like, okay, let's see how this goes. <laughs> can you explain to us and the audience what that is? Uh, a teratoma is a tumor that you can find inside the body that's t- that, like, um, is a tumor or growth that can be made of either hair, which is fucking gross and horrifying when you find one. Oh, weird. Muscle or bone. Um, so usually if something ends in oma, it's a tumor or a mass. Okay. Okay. Could it also be classified as a mutant cat hiding in a body? Yeah. I love the idea of two veterinary doctors, like in lab coats with charts, looking at a fucking board and going like, hmm, yes, we must cut this cat open. Yes. Come here. Look at this. When reality, I would see two vets look at this and go, you see this shit? It's fucking wild. (laughs) That thing's huge. Well, these are umbrella scientists, Connor. Of course they're going to cut it open. Oh yeah, man. So... When they, they cut back to the credits, they cut back and, like, one of these guys has his cat on a table, and they're going to, I'm assuming they're about to sedate it. Well, they're going to administer the rest of the G-virus. <laughs> y- yeah, or something. <laughs> Looks like they're trying to induce it, and I'm like, okay, first of all, your surgical site is a fucking disaster. It's just like a metal table with no gloves or anything? Yeah, that surgical pack <laughs> is uh, open and has a syringe full of crap that you just grab with your bare hands, so it's no longer sterile. He's got, like, a Dr. Giggles, like, yeah. uh, 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 <laughs> doctor bag. Yeah. And then um, he grabs the syringe. This cat is like nine pounds, first of all. So to like put this cat under, you need like two cc's of something. And he grabs this like 90 ml syringe and just draws it back. <laughs> I'm like, the fuck you doing with that? You gonna put a lion to sleep? <laughs> I mean, when you find out what this thing actually is, he probably needed that much. He probably did. Do they even know what it is? Not yet. I actually, which probably scares me more because they're like, we gotta do surgery. Let's put it under. I'll use 90 cc's of fucking, <laughs> of midazolam. <laughs> they don't know what the fuck is wrong with this cat, but they also like, when it runs off, 
they're like, oh, code red, code red, get the radiation suits. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> now, here's how I could have saved all the lives in the five, next five minutes. Um, scruff the cat. Just hold it. Just just hold it down. Restrain it with a little bit of, little bit of gusto. This guy's like, me. The cat moves and he just lets go. And this cat jumps off the fucking table and runs down the hallway. I'm like, I've lived this situation too many times to know everything you just did wrong. <laughs> uh, here's an idea, Doc. Close the fucking door before you fucking do this. Close the door! Yeah, how about that? It'd be hilarious if, like, he closed the door, but there was still, like, a doggy door that it fucking ran through. <laughs> someone's like, someone's like, why do we even have that? Like, <laughs> Well, it's a veterinary hospital, question mark. We're an animal facility. What do you want from me? I don't know. It's like some half-ass fucking splice old life from Gremlins 2. Yeah. Yeah, right? Christopher Lee's walking, like, down the hall working on a fucking monkey or something. Those those tomatoes that, that are bounce. Well, yeah. Cybo Man's down the fucking hall if it's Umbrella headquarters, obviously. Oh, that's right. Shockma's in one of those rooms they walk by. It. Albert Wesker's reading a fucking newspaper, sees the cat run by, lowers it, picks it back up. <laughs> Job's reading the entire history of the world in about 12 minutes. <laughs> so... Uh, so Hunk and his crew fucking run down the stairs with, like, <laughs> with like a trank gun. <laughs> uh, it looks like the radiation suits from, like, the crazies. Why do they have to look like ghosts? What is up with that? I don't know. I'm into it. So, okay, so in the international cut, it's, like, that establishing shot of the building, and then it's just this scene where, like, these three dudes in radiation suits are there, and the fucking siren's going off, and they run down the stairs, and they, they find the cat, and this one guy shoots it with a uh, a trank dart, and it, like, lays down, and then we get the first glimpse of this wonderful fucking cat puppet pushing itself out of the regular cat's mouth. Yes. I love when the, uh, the, the, the like, the, I guess the, uh, the xenomorph-esque <laughs> reveal of this thing, where it pops out of the mouth, when it does that, like, the regular orange tabby suddenly becomes this gigantic, like, like muscular faced monstrosity because this fucking <laughs> puppet has to pop out of it and it looks so st it looks like a lion it's so funny looking did you know this was gonna happen connor no i had no fucking idea <laughs> what did you what was the first thing you thought when, when I, you saw this i just was cackling out loud <laughs> it was fucking wild i loved it um because like i you guys said mutant cat i was like all right and then like suddenly this thing just goes like <laughs> and a smaller, <laughs> uglier cat popped out of its mouth. I'm like, now when that cat opens its mouth, I want a smaller cat to come out of his mouth, too. <laughs> Dude, I gotta tell you, it's kind of like Monster in the Closet. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> it even screams like the fucking monster from Monster in the Closet. It's like, <laughs> Okay. So, all right, before we talking about... Wait, wait, okay, hold on. Yeah, it's a giant fucking tabby cat head because the actual poisonous cat puppet is huge. It's like... Yeah, it's massive. Yeah. It's like a big... It's like a it's like a big hand puppet. So that cat that they're, you know, pushing it out of its mouth, like the, 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 the bigger cat, uh, must be really big, like the size of my body. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, and I think, like, just when you're when you're recreating something like that as a puppet, like, one, because you're never focusing on it, it's just there as, like, you know, it's it's there as a setting for the, uh, the extra puppet to come out of, but, like, mm -hmm. because they blew this fucking cat's features up so much to, you know, for this to work, 
it looks like a different beast altogether. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. When they first show its face, I'm like, oh, and then it opened up, and a second cat came out. I'm like, oh, that's the danger. <laughs> this thing shrinks and gets as large as a like a, a fucking dog at some points. Yeah, it kind of looks like it. Like sometimes it looks like salacious crumb. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> it kind of does. Other times it looks like a gremlin or a hobgoblin. <laughs> yeah. And other times it looks like a like a, like a slimy uh, tabby cat. Well, you know when it, it's basically just like you said, Connor. It's almost like it's the shape of the cat, but it's coming out of its body, and it almost looks like tumor esque. And uh, it looks like a hairball with a face. It's fucking vile looking. It is, yeah. It is kind of like it looks hairball ish. Like it does look like this collection of just like shit, like hair, muscle, and bone, and whatever the hell. I love it because it's like this gross thing, but it has like scraggly hair on it. You could see its fucking rib cage and shit. I love it. And to that point, if you X rayed it. Uh, you'd probably see all those features, so I don't know why those doctors are like, hmm, what is that? <laughs> well, right. Because <laughs> it can shrink. It's the incredible shrinking mutant cat. Did this thing swallow a fucking owl pellet? What's going on in there? <laughs> and as we find out as the film progresses, this thing has a fucking sense of humor. Oh, it sure does. So the international cut, it's just these guys. Um, You know, they shoot the thing, the cat comes out, kills them, blood all over the fucking walls, and then it just fucking cuts to... The Florida, my mate, wherever the fuck they are, Miami, whatever. But in the U.S. version, we get all this lore, right? So like, you have the you have Graydon Clark as the doctor, and he's like, "Oh, the fucking cat," and he's like, "Don't let it get away." And then they then this happens, and then they chase it out into a fucking uh, parking garage. And Graydon Clark comes out. There's a security guard fucking standing there. He's like, "Give me your gun." The guy's like, "Huh?" He fucking just pulls it out of the fucking holster and <laughs> he just get, rips it right from him. He's like going around the parking garage like looking under cars and shit. <laughs> we gotta kill that cat! He's fucking yelling all over the place. I love like the desperate tone of the situation but then it's essentially a bunch of grown men going pretty much. Here kitty 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 here kitty kitty. Oh man there's such a good shot of um it's like a shat. It's like a. I love when they do this when it's like the shadow of the creature. Oh yeah. Um, because you see the head and then this fucking thing coming out of its mouth like as a as a uh, shadow on the wall. I love it. And uh, it kills all of them. Oh yeah. <laughs> kills the fucking security guard. Yeah. It uh. It, it kills Officer Spangler first, I think. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was. I'm glad I'm not the only one that thought that. <laughs> looks like a young Harold Ramis. Sure. Graydon's the last one to die, and he's got this revolver, and he's, like, looking around, and, like, this cat, like, jumps out of a sunroof and, like, yes! bites him on the throat of a car? That's what I'm saying, man. It's got a sense of humor. Yeah, man. I mean, it's not as sharp as uh, our uh, our werewolf friend from the Runestone, but... Uh... This is true. He doesn't put a hat on, but uh, he's pretty damn close. <laughs> that motherfucker wears hats and shit. Officer Fenry is coming back. And uh, so this cat, it runs out of fucking, like, air vent. Yeah, it escapes into the night. Into uh, the streets of Fort Lauderdale. I, I will commend the, like, everyone who filmed this when dealing with an animal that is, is, like, unpredictable and very independent as a cat because, like, dogs are easy. Dogs listen. Dogs can be programmed. Cats don't give a fuck about what you want or what you need in the moment, okay? So, like... To get this cat to do what you need to do for this, like, one, for, like, I'm sure it was a modest budget, and two, like, just for what's going on in this film is pretty impressive. It's funny you said that because they, I was watching, um, the special features on the Vinegar Syndrome DVD, uh, Blu-ray that you should pick up <laughs> of The Uninvited. It's on the way. I got it in the mail. Oh, dude, it's so good. They did a great job restoring it. Um, 
but yeah, I watched an interview with um, the cinematographer, and he said there was like seven different cats. I that doesn't surprise me at all. And again, he said the same thing. Like it's not like a dog or a horse or something. Like they're super. I mean, obviously, if you have a cat, they're super temperamental and they do whatever the fuck they want to do. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. So like it was hard to get it to go on cue and shit and get the shots and stuff. But to your point, and any scene where, especially coming up when I think it was a character Susan, Suzanne was her name. Su- Suzanne. Suzanne is like, oh kitty, and she's like, I want to take the kitty. The cat's like. Let go of me. (laughs) Put me down. This cat does not want to be held by a single soul in this movie. And every time someone's holding it, my eyes are on this animal. I'm like, it just wants to go away. It just wants to get away. And it's trying so hard. (laughs) There's a lot of insert shots, too, of this cat just lounging. Yeah. Speaking of uh, Suzanne and Bobby, we're introduced to Suzanne and Bobby. Suzanne's played by uh, Sherry Shattuck and Bobby's... Uh, played by Claire Carey. I love the alliteration of both of their names, by the way. Um, everybody, side note, most of the actors in this movie, if they already weren't uh, working actors or like well-known actors, they these everybody in this movie kind of goes on to do big stuff. Um, I think one of the guys we meet later is in like CSI Miami. Um, Whoa. They had pretty lucrative careers for themselves. So it, it it's always kind of humbling to see uh, the the first, uh, you know, appearance of these people, you know what I mean, of, the, of these actors. Hey, I mean, you listed off even the special effects people had pretty fucking good careers after the fact. So I see it. It's crazy. Um, and again, like Graydon's known, I mean, he's like, the low budget king, dude. Um, but he, again, he works with all these talented people. Um, so talented, in fact, that they, I mean, uh, just for instance, uh, just real quick, uh, I want to talk about without warning for like one second. The fucking creature head from that, like the alien head, was sculpted by Rick Baker for twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> and oh shit. shit, yeah. And then somebody else ran the prosthetics and all that stuff for Kevin Peter Hall. Also, without warning, is like. The proto-predator, where, like, I guess Shane Black got the idea from Without Warning because Jack Palance is basically Dutch in that movie, and the fucking alien comes to Earth to, like, hunt people for sport, and it's played by Kevin Peter Hall, the same guy who plays Predator. In one and two. That sounds so much like when you stack something like, what is it, like, the Ultimate Warrior next to, like, the Road Warrior, where you strip away all the plot elements, like, the fine details, you're like, that's the same film. It's the same thing. So, it, it that was kind of interesting that I learned, that I didn't know, but apparently Schwarzenegger's gone on record to say it, like, oh yeah, they, they ripped it off completely. <laughs> Arnold knows what's up. Oh, yeah, yeah, they did that. It's fine. Look at me. Yeah, they did that. Well, anyway, get to the chopper or something. This is the part where I killed the guy. Yeah, look at me go. I made a shit ton of money on it. Who cares? Who's grading Clark? I don't know who, what. And this is the part I rip his arms off and he falls and he dies. Isn't it great? Yeah. On to the next scene. I'm going to tell you what I see and what's happening on screen. <laughs> I'm covered in shit head to toe. <laughs> I got the... I don't, know, I don't know where that accent came from, but... <laughs> You sound like Jurgen Proch now over there. What you this doing? is why I don't do accents on the shows, guys. Love it. Hey, Joe does them, but he always does Christopher Lambert, so don't feel bad. Hey, it's cool. It's funny. Works out. So we we jump to this fucking outside of this hotel with, uh, and we meet Suzanne and Bobby. Mm-hmm. They have all their bags and everything, and they're like, yeah, we can't find any place to stay. Uh, we need to find some place to stay. They're basically bickering. And uh, they just say, yeah, fuck it, let's go in. Maybe we'll get lucky. It's spring break, by the way. Yes, yes. And, and of course, they're just in their, you know, bikinis the entire film. 
which why the hell not? They're 80s as fuck, and I'm I'm here for that, dude. They're they have like these beach shirts on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you'd wear like a a, a big not me, but like. Some women wear like big shirts over their swimsuits or whatever, but it, they're like there's huge holes in them, right? Intentionally to to show off their bodies. Yeah, it's like a covering. They're both cut and dressed like uh, like the Brooklyn Brawler and like other '80s wrestlers who wear their fucking shirts. <laughs> yes, like very strategically sliced and arranged. So like, <laughs> love it. Again, I'm here for it. And, and there's no bones about it that they are there to get laid. Like it, that that is their fucking mission. They talk about it the entire movie. Well, they're there to fucking have a bunch of fun. This movie is one of this movie's running themes is horny, 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 horny. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're young kids. It's spring break. Absolutely. But even one of the adults is like, I want to get laid, and everyone's like, you're trying to flee the Cayman Islands. He's like, but I want to get. <laughs> We're trying to smuggle three hundred or three million dollars to the fucking Cayman Islands. Could you just? Stop trying to fuck everything. We're trying to money launder. Will you put it away? Yeah, we're trying to money launder. The FCC's knocking on our fucking door. You'll attract the attention of the discipliner. And speaking of that horny old man, uh, we're <laughs> we're introduced to one of his several scenes where he just stares at these women uh, creepily from a balcony. Joe Biden, everybody. <laughs> Wow. I mean, Alex Cord. Oh, you know what? That's fucked up because I love Alex Cord. Yes. Uh, Wall Street Walter. Yes. Uh, Alex Alex Cord is in one of um, my favorite uh, um, Monsters episodes called Rouse Him Not. Um, and he plays like this sort of like Knight Templar guy who fucking defeats this uh, monster in, in um, Lawanda's basement. Lawanda from Problem Child 2. She like moves, she's like an artist who moves into this cabin. Oh, I think I saw that one. Yeah, it's a great episode. He has this kind of Vincent Pricey charm to him. A little bit. He's like a subdued Vincent Price kind of. I mean, that's a bad Vincent Price, but like that kind of sounds like him. I also got like weird Hank Scorpio vibes from him from The Simpsons. Okay. Yeah. Again, big actor, big actor in the uh, the seventies, sixties, and seventies. So he comes down and uh, he's like, "Oh yeah, you guys can't get a room." He's like, "You're too hot, broads. Yeah, come with me." And they're like, "Uh, okay, sure." He's like, "No, sh- no strings attached. <laughs> I just want to have dinner and then." Maybe fuck you later. What do you say? You don't have any problem with me being incredibly sexist to you. No? Okay, follow me. I'm rich. I'll objectify you for hours and hours. Is that fine? I'm rich and I have a yacht. What do you say you come party with me? And now he's a Twilight Zone host. (laughs) He slips right in and out, dude. There's a yacht in the middle of the ocean. So I try to fill you up. Oh, wait a second. Welcome to Wall Street Walter's Yacht. (laughs) That's going to play a lot better soon. So they go to the dinner... Uh, with this guy, and then we cut to George Kennedy pulling up in this fucking limo. <laughs> These people, like, making out in the bushes? Yes, yes. <laughs> and and he should, his, his name of his character is Mike Harvey, but uh, it's George Kennedy. Yeah, oh yeah. Much like Albert, as he's known in this film, is just going to be Clue Gallagher, but they both show up together. He's like, Clue Gallagher basically plays like his muscle, but he looks <laughs> older than, than fucking George Kennedy. It's Gulliger. Oh, Gulliger, my mistake. Also, Clue has like these fake teeth in. 
<laughs> for whatever reason. They are amazing. They're like part of his character, and there's he's just he talks like this kinda. He has fake teeth and constantly looks like he's on the verge of his seventh heart attack. Like <laughs> Albert's constantly jumping around and sweating and like clutching an arm. Like uh, <laughs> apparently he like didn't take the film seriously, go figure. Adds up. But he's a character, dude. He's just he's funny, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's just a funny guy, and I guess I mean he he brings a lot to this film. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, so George Kennedy, he comes in and kind of like you guys were talking about uh, a little earlier, he sees uh, Walter and these girls at dinner, and he's like, come on, we got, we have a fucking meeting. Like, we got to go. Like, what are you doing? He's like, ah, you, come on. He's like, sit down, George. He's like, no, we got to go, like, right now. <laughs> he's like, ah, uh, uh, okay, I have this yacht. If you if you want to meet me there tomorrow, that would be great. We're gonna party on my yacht. Meanwhile, like a, like a vein in fucking uh, Harvey's forehead is like bursting right now. <laughs> <laughs> gotta go. Well, the second they walk away, he's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" He's like, "We we, we can't bring these women." He's like, eh, "Come on, a little party, a little fun. What's the big deal? It'll be a cover." You gonna miss this appointment for a couple of bimbos? Yeah, George Kennedy is not fucking putting up with any shit in this movie at all. It's a lot of money on the line, dude. Constantly annoyed. I love it. He's like, "Oh yeah, it's just." relax it's just a cover you know for the fcc and he's like you don't want those girls for the cover you want to fuck them and he's like i'm not having it and walter's like i won't argue that but anyway (laughs) but okay you're right and he's like broads are a pain in the ass or he says some shit like that it's funny he says young broads are a pain in the ass Hey, old broads are a pain in the ass, too. <laughs> <laughs> Women. Let me cut to this fucking yacht. And there's this guy, uh... Daryl. I haven't seen this movie in a while, and I forgot how important this guy was. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about this guy. I wonder why I don't remember this. And then <laughs> he is out of the film in, like, five minutes. <laughs> his name's Daryl Perkins, and he's, like, I guess his lawyer or something. Oh, this fucking dude. Uh, yeah... Guy obviously being set up to be murdered. Yeah, he's like, the FCC's gonna put me in jail. I'm not like you guys. I'm fucking broke. My fucking family's gonna be killed, and I'm gonna be put in jail. And they're just like, well, uh, there's a million dollars on the line here if you, if you can do it for us. He's like, ah... Uh... I, I don't know. I don't I don't want to do anything illegal. Can I just leave? I don't want to rock the boat. Yeah, literally. He's like, <laughs> George Kennedy's like, is, is, are we the first ones you talk to or what? And he's like, I, I'm not going to say anything to anybody. He's, oh, you trust me, right? And he's like, <laughs> just like, yeah, sure, we trust you. Uh, Why don't we take it? Why don't we fire up the hot tub real quick? We, I want to have a talk. Let's go for a walk on my yacht that has very few places to walk to. <laughs> Let's just step outside about 20 feet. It's right there. Right, no, further, 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 right there. I love, like, how Walter has all this panache. Like, well, there was, here's a story about blah, blah, blah. And then George Kennedy's like, you're not going to fucking blackmail us because we're going to kill you. <laughs> yeah, I also love this, the way this is framed and staged because, like, yeah. they show the hot tub and they pan up and Walter's sitting there, one with his pants rolled up. It's the funniest fucking thing. Like, he's going to put his feet in, get his feet wet. But he still has his shoes on. It's funny looking. <laughs> and then, like... Albert and uh, and uh, Harvey are, you know, flanking his left and right. And, like, obviously standing like henchmen. And then when they cut over to Derek, he's just off in his own space in, like, this black void. And, like, you're literally being filmed as if you're about to be murdered. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he would have had a better chance of surviving if he just dove over the side of the fucking boat. I know. Question, why... George Kennedy pulls a gun on this guy. Yes! Uh, yeah. <laughs> and instead of just shooting this guy in the head and him, like, and throwing him overboard, they decide to push him into the hot tub and Clue Gulliger drowns him in the hot tub. Drowns him with so much effort, like, he's clearly fucking blowing gas, like, halfway through it. <laughs> 
And like Harvey's just got a gun like trained on the pool. Like, I mean, I guess I'll shoot him if I need to. If I have to. If I have to. I just don't want to fucking be here. The best part is this guy stops moving and uh, Clue's fucking all out of breath. And they're like, yeah, Albert, you okay? He's like, oh. He's like, yeah, it's uh, just, oh, I'm really tired after that. They're like, okay, you want to go inside? He's fucking shook, dude. And Walter's just like, great. Uh, so why don't you clean it up and then uh, get everything for the party, would you please? Thanks. Now, he says the party is in like an hour. And then they cut to the next scene and it's broad daylight. Because it's the next fucking day. <laughs> I know. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Maybe he had a party that night, too. Who knows? Well, I think he did. It's implied he did because later on they when you know well we'll get to the scene later but when they go on the boat uh there's all that food that's fucking just piled up on the table that's like clearly half eaten oh okay okay so this is where one of those weird cuts happens again so in the international version we actually go and we meet Corey, lance and martin at this like pizza shop and they're like having pizza and it's like yeah dude we're on spring break bruh and like lance like drinks a fucking pitcher of beer and shit and they're like macking it to these chicks but they're just like gross like the guys um that whole scene is like excised from the u.s version really yeah and replaced with this scene <laughs> yeah which by the way like when was what's his face uh bearded guy was it um martin well martin but they call him hedgeworth the entire movie yeah when martin appears i was like where did he come from and who is he affiliated with because um when you introduce these this trio you just meet two of them sitting on chairs just going like yuck 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 yeah <laughs> So there's a whole there's a whole other scene with the exposition with them and like introducing their characters before they even get wow. anywhere close to this place. Yeah, didn't see that. No, but instead it's re- in the U.S. version. It's replaced with um, this gas station attendant giving some cat giving the cat the titular uninvited cat some milk. This shit is so funny because I didn't really know like I thought it was gonna be like an insert of like oh the cat's making its way to the fucking like. To the, to the characters who are central to the plot. And then suddenly, I'm hit with a subplot where a robber assaults a gas station attendant and steals the keys to the cigarette machine and runs off of some change. <laughs> <laughs> the scene is infamous, dude. This is the big scene. He goes, you got change for the cigarette machine? He goes, oh yeah, here you go. And he fucking beats the shit out of this guy. <laughs> yeah. And he, like, steals his red truck. And apparently he, had, like, an, he has an accomplice. And they're driving away, and he's like, he's like, yeah, how much you get? They're drinking Budweiser's in the in the truck. They're like, he's like, oh, how much you get? And he's like, I got enough for. <laughs> yeah, but they're they're fucking crocodile Dundee hats. Yeah, I got enough for a six pack of Bud Dry and a hooker or whatever. Let's do it. They get passed by the people from Critters, like, oh man, <laughs> they tip the hat at him. Lars and fucking uh, and and Quigley fucking pass him in the. <laughs> yep, in the jeep. They give a polite nod, like, hey, <laughs> I thought we agreed on Master Brow. Fuck. Yeah. They, they nod at each other. The cat nods at the Kreitz. <laughs> the Kreitz are on the back waving. Yeah. I was going to say, this thing does look Critters-esque, especially in this scene. Yeah, kind of. Dude, yeah, because it's in the bed of the truck, and they're, they're fucking driving down this road, and it just bursts through the back rear window and just bites the shit out of the guy's neck. They're insinuating that the cat was pissed off that this guy beat the guy who was giving him milk at the gas station? Yes! And, like, jumped on the car to get revenge? Hey, why not? Fuck him. And he totally does. This truck goes careening off this fucking, uh, uh, cliff. Not even a cliff. What would you even call that? Like, an embankment. Like, off the side of the road into a ravine, and it the fucking car, like, flips twice. It, this car crashes 18 times. <laughs> at least the sound does. Yeah. <laughs> you picked that up, too. <laughs> uh... Just a side note, 
Um, when I was a kid, like when the internet first came out, I used to be a huge fan of badmovies.org. Um, and that's where I found out a lot of, uh, about movies like this. And I had never seen it, but the guy who ran the site used to upload clips. And this was the clip that he used um, on the page for the Uninvited review. That site is how I discovered uh, Ricky Ho, uh, Evil yep. Spawn, and a handful yep. of others. And yeah, that was where I saw, I think, the clip in Ricky Ho where he... He punches the guy in the bathroom and he explodes. Yeah, he fucking. <laughs> and the clip where uh, I think it's oh, I, Tarzan, I think is the name of the character, does that. It's the infamous clip where he smushes a man's head with his hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was in the Daily Show. <laughs> yeah, I had, I had actually. Um, his name is escaping me right now. Who used to run that site? Um. Anyway, I I remember specifically. Um. I followed that site since I was a kid, since like the the 90s and into uh, when I was in high school. And I ended up, I think his name's Andrew. I don't know. I ended up trading Night of the Demons for my Street Trash VHS that I have. So like my Street Trash VHS is from the guy who ran badmovies.org. Oh, shit. Pretty cool little thing. Anyway. So then we we get this proper scene, uh, you know, since they cut out the other one, I guess, of meeting... Lance and Corey. Yeah, this is the first time we meet them, yeah. These guys are human garbage. <laughs> Especially Corey. Like, Lance redeems himself a little bit later on, uh, but Corey sucks the whole movie. I called them uh, Pancake Face and Curly Haired Boy. <laughs> Lance is like a dumb jock, and Corey's like, I I want to be a rich scumbag, but I'm not quite there yet. Quite literally. Yeah. And, and to your point earlier, Joe, because uh, the third the third guy does come in his name is martin but it's martin hedgeworth yes and they call him hedgeworth but those two girls suzanne and, and bobby also stroll and they're at like a marina yeah and Corey's like yeah you know we don't go to clubs or anything you know this is just a place where you find chicks at a fucking marina this is the place where you find sophisticated chicks man chicks who like money and then lance goes wait a minute we don't have any money no <laughs> he doesn't say that he might as well have. Yeah, not 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 tired not tired fishermen who are you know exhausted from a day's catch like <laughs> women like it's a wharf. Tired fishermen. This 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 guy is dressed like a fucking fisherman from the Blue Man Group. <laughs> this ridiculous blue fucking uh, what would you even call this uh, fisherman's cap? Oh, dude, it's a fucking bucket hat. Yeah, 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 bucket hat. He's fucking Gilligan on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, on that note, yeah, they come in, and basically they tell these guys about, oh, yeah, this fucking guy we met last night, he probably won't mind, but uh, he's got this yacht he invited us to. Yeah, come along. Bobby goes, you want to come party with us on the yacht? We need to, we need somebody there just in case this guy tries anything. And then she, like, feels up Lance's leg, and he's like, oh, fuck, dude, we're going to get laid. <laughs> and Corey goes, Walter Graham, like Wall Street Walter? He's like, oh my god, I, I, I gotta, I gotta meet this fucking guy. My hero. Oh my god, I'm so suddenly erect. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, whoa, dude. Is that a banana in your pocket? Or you just happy to hear about Wall Street Walter? <laughs> it's my cucumber from Spivey. These two women come up and just basically like, are like, hey, look, free sex, and he's like. Uh, not really. Wait a minute. Hold on. What? Who's there? Who's boat? You mean I get to meet my sixty-year-old idol, who's just a multimillionaire that was on the cover of Forbes, so that makes him automatically a good guy? I love Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> it might as well be right. Yeah, he's a real straight shooter. Okay, I'll stop. Like you're having like a conversation with 
women your age and like it's spring break and you're going to party and you're worried about this old fucking his yacht like fuck that guy uh they have start to approach i believe the yacht and they hear uh meowing oh yeah on their skiff the fucking slam dunk <laughs> this, <laughs> this is the they, they, they cut real quick here and this is the scene that we were talking about before where uh george and and um and walter like getting like going on to the the boat and he's like what the fuck man you're late and he's like where's my girls and he's like they're fucking pains in the ass or whatever i told them you died <laughs> <laughs> well and, and here's the thing before they get on the slam dunk <laughs> I love that thing uh they uh they hear some meowing uh coming out of like a, a a crate or something and this cat i gotta tell you must have opposable thumbs because it's constantly being fucking trapped inside crates dude it's in a box with like life preservers and shit and it certainly has a color too that we haven't seen yet it has a big giant id tag on it it's huge now this in the international cut is the first taste you get of the cat being like from genetically altered right sure like with the exception of that one shot in the beginning this is the only other shot to give you like a lore dump well they also make a point too here uh where hedgeworth apparently is in school for his doctorate to be a biologist. So he's like kind of... Yes. He has a little bit more information on this just from, you know, being in that field of research uh, than the rest of the group. Yeah, Corey is for law and Lance is football or some shit. Anyway. So yeah, they get on the... I'll say it one last time because then it's out of the movie. Slam dunk. I'm st- Sean, there's something about the contempt you have when you say it that amuses me to no fucking end. Like, the slam dunk. Obviously, slam dunk is a basketball reference, but my brain immediately goes to fucking Space Jam for some insane reason. <laughs> Danny DeVito owns it? Yeah, that's what I'm saying, the, man. There's Danny some- DeVito alien? <laughs> The slam dunk. Um, when you said skiff before, I for whatever reason the Weequay skiff guards from Jabba's fucking skiff popped in my head. <laughs> I just pictured one of them like driving the slam dunk boat, and like he like retired from Jabba's skiff, and like now uses a chart a little charter boat <laughs> in Florida. <laughs> he goes out, and he's like, "Hey, Bubba, I see you got better from your sarlacc wounds." <laughs> yeah, the fucking the fucking music's playing from Jabba's palace. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> His party. Um, so yeah, like they get on the boat, and uh, immediately George Kennedy and and Walter are just like, whoa, whoa, what the fucks with all these people? Like we just said, you two could be on, not all these other people. And they're like, ah, right, yeah, come on, what's the big deal? We're gonna party. It's gonna be fun. And like this is where Walter finally is like, uh, no, like we're doing this fucking shady ass business deal. We don't need this trouble. I was trying to get laid, but now you made it a thing. I was trying to do a crime and get laid, and now I have all this extra stuff here. Get you every time. And we're we're also introduced to like the final character in this scene. Yeah. Uh, the the boat captain Rachel. Uh, who I was describing as Dan Haggerty's daughter, <laughs> <laughs> because. She is quite sedated throughout this entire film. Well, we never meet her father. No. And very much like, oh, whatever, there's a chance with the boat, she can't have a path to it, it's my dad's boat, it's whatever, it's fine, whatever, okay? Albert, just stay, keep the needle in the middle, all right? Fine. Shh. <laughs> you think she's fucking Haggerty's daughter? Totally. I mean, it's implied he's dead, so as far as she knows, that's the case, but honestly, he's in the wizard's mansion. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? So that's a prequel to Elves where Wall Street Walter takes all takes his yacht business from him and then he re- and that's why he's living in a trailer. 
And that's why he's living in the trailer. You can't take my yacht. It's all I've got. I got this daughter. I, you know, we're both very quiet and calm. Come on, man. We used to do coke on your yacht. Why are you putting me outdoors here? Don't, don't fire me. Have a heart. Little did he know he would ascend. Yeah. Uh, Elfenhuten. It all worked out for him. Oh yeah. And his daughter, as we find out. Yeah. I think better for her, though. Yeah, well... She doesn't have to live with Charnetsky. Yeah, that's a good point. None of his, uh, you know, chunky chicken farts. <laughs> no. Uh, pl- she's uh, Rachel's played by Tony Hudson, by the way. So, I, I wasn't really sure who the protagonists of this movie were going to be, because when we meet uh, Suzanne and Bobby, I was kind of like... Mm, oh no. <laughs> I was like, yeah, right. not you two. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, it's mostly fodder, but, um, I mean, everybody's pretty likable, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, but I wasn't sure who am I, like, who I was going to be left, like, because usually when this situation pops up, I'm assessing who the final girl is going to be. Sure. Um, and as soon as I saw her, I'm like, bam. <laughs> I mean, it's her and, and Hedgeworth, because he's the only other one that has a character. Hedgeworth is, uh, I'm assuming, Curian's uh, brother from uh, House of the Dead, or at least cousin. <laughs> I, I say character, I mean I mean more so like he has a background in something. Sure. Well, he's intelligent, you mean. Exactly. Sure. Especially in this group. Can deal with situations. Uh, because, you know, we, we also find out, like we kind of just alluded to, that her father has some history with Walter also. Like, possibly this was his boat originally, and Rachel's... No, it was his boat. Right. And, and Rachel's just kind of working for this guy. A, he pays her, but B, because she's trying to buy the boat from Walter. Yeah. You know, we go back to this argument about, oh, get off our boat. Like, we don't need all these people on the fucking boat. And and uh, I think it's either Bobby or Suzanne are like, hey, you know, we can work on the boat. Like, we don't have to be kicked off. Like, yeah, we can party, but we can help out too. And Rachel's like, yeah, actually, like, the whole crew fucking quit. So we kind of need some extra hands. So you can be indentured servants. Why not? (laughs) She doesn't want to leave the port because there's no fucking crew. And then, like, these, and then she's like, these assholes are going to be the crew? All of a sudden, fucking uh, Albert comes rolling up on the fucking slam dunk. And he's like, he's like, ah, Walter, Walter, Walter. And he gets on the fucking boat and he's like, do you have she's coming? We gotta go. And he's like, okay, you're all gonna be part of the crew. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. I forget if it's this scene or like a couple scenes later, but he starts handing out jobs. George Kennedy, yeah. He's like, all right, yeah, you, you're gonna be the maid, you're gonna be the cook, and uh, <laughs> you're gonna be the janitor. And, and like Lance is like, oh, what the fuck? The janitor, the busboy dishwasher. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I also love the idea of him going, the FCC is coming, and like over the horizon is like a boat that just says in big bold letters, FCC. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even the FCC, yeah, like, right? It's a boat called the FCC, and they're just like, oh, shit. <laughs> Fucking crack-a-crack. There's also this line that's important for later where uh, when they bring the cat on board, uh, Walter's like, get that thing out of here. I hate cats. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they kind of get into a bit of an argument about it. And Hedgeworth is like, listen, like having a cat on board is actually supposedly good luck. So, like, I don't really think it's a problem. And uh, little did he know. Yeah, but, like... Ultimately, Walter bargains with Suzanne, and he's like, fine, bring the cat, but I'm going to fuck you later, and I don't want to hear any bones about it. She's like, okay. Like, quite literally, because he's like, oh, yeah, you know, you're going to owe me one, and I never forget. Get what I'm saying? Are you picking up what I'm putting down? Well, like, they're not taking this guy seriously at all. They just think they're going to fucking, you know, pull one over on this old man and just fucking party on his boat, and that'll be it. But, like, they don't know this guy's, like, a hard ass, like, out there to fucking, you know... Well, yeah. ...embezzle three million dollars, at least. He's a fucking criminal, and he kills people. It's kind of why I like this character a lot, because, uh, especially later on, there are moments where he's like, 
yeah, I'm a rich scumbag, and, like, I can tell you how to become a rich scumbag. It's real easy. Just kill people and lie. Yeah, literally. He's very well aware of, of who or, and what he is, and he has no bones about it, and I really love it. Yeah. No, he, he embraces it. Plus, he's just a great actor, and he just plays it really well. Yeah. I mean, they go inside, and this is where he hands out the jobs, but we also see, like, that leftover food from the party from the night before and these these fucking idiots are start start picking at it like you don't know who was touching that yeah it's kind of gross and fucking it's the 80s yeah i guess someone's like dude covid (laughs) in 88 (laughs) yeah right what's that (laughs) as they eat a handful of shit they just they just keep eating like what are you talking about it's a fucking that's a liberal myth like You fucking, the new, that fake news, motherfucker. Yeah, I don't wear masks in public. We all know each other. We're young. We're hip. Yeah, we're family. It doesn't matter. But since we're family, we can't get each other sick. There's also a part where Lance is like, uh, George Kennedy fucking starts assigning jobs and and he tells him he's the bus boy. And he's like, man, you could take a fly and whatever. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and Corey also specifically gets in George Kennedy's face. And uh, he was the one that was all about this Walter character. And Walter and George Kennedy are both like, yeah, this guy's a piece of shit. Get out of our face. And he's like, oh, I hate these punk kids. George Kennedy could pick Corey up and, like, break him in a million pieces if he really wanted to because he's a giant fucking man. <laughs> um, so this guy, like, stepping up to him is like, and just how this character was in the film, it's like, boy, <laughs> I'll backbreak you right now and not break a sweat. Like, And then we cut to fucking... Rachel teaching a clue Gulliger how to drive the boat. And he is not paying attention at all. <laughs> He's like, oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to drive the boat. I, 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 can't, I can't do this. I got the shakes because I haven't drank in an hour. <laughs> because I haven't drank. I did a lot of cocaine. Walter's like, relax. Either get us out of here or I'm going to make Albert the captain. See ya. So they take off. <laughs> <laughs> they leave the fucking marina. And we also uh, find out that they basically, like, the I, the plan is, you know, they'll leave it on Friday, get to the Cayman Islands by Monday, and, you know, like we kind of talked about earlier, get the money out of the bank, and then they're going to have more money than they know what to do with. So, like, mm-hmm. the fact that they have three mil in these briefcases that, that George Kennedy has put in the safe on the yacht is already a lot, but I guess they have way more waiting for them? Apparently, it's like chump change to them. It's just kind of their their way to, like... I mean, it's still $3 million anyway you cut it. It's their fuck you money? It's kind of their fuck you money. It's, I'm pretty sure it's their fuck you money. It's a lot of work to go through for your fuck you money. No, I think it's I think it's to... Whenever they get to the Cayman Islands, if they need, if they need to pay somebody off to get access to the bank or whatever. Sure. Um, so, and as she's, like, teaching Clue how to drive the boat, there's, like, a scene in the engine room where something scares the cat, and it, like, the mutant cat comes out of it and fucking, like, beats the shit out of one of the parts in the engine room yeah because she's showing him how to drive the boat and he's not really he's like oh yeah you just hit this this and this she's like oh wait don't do that and he's like hitting levers and and moving stuff that he shouldn't be touching it's like drop dead fred he grabs a lever and he's like yeah this will do it and just cranks it down and like steam or something shoots out at the cat and it freaks yeah it breaks something in the engine room so that's the beginning of the problems with the engine on this boat then we go to the fucking kitchen uh where these guys are working i guess you know cleaning up the food that's left you know doing the dishes getting dinner ready cleaning up from the party that came before them how undignified (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly what's happening and hedgeworth is the only one that's like eh, it's not that bad like who gives a shit this is like once we're done with this we can kind of hang out yeah i feel like errol flynn (laughs) he totally says that yeah and uh of course suzanne and bobby come in 
And they just are like, yeah, it's really hot in this kitchen, isn't it, boys? They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, it is. And they're like, yeah, it's so hot. It's so hot that I got to take my shirt off. They, yeah, exactly. They start unbuttoning their shirts. And and Lance and Corey are going like full like Big Bad Wolf fucking Looney Tunes on them. <laughs> oh, they are Tex Averying all over the fucking floor. Oh, yeah. Jaws unrolling and sliding across the floor. Yeah. The mask is in the corner freaking out. <laughs> Stanley Ipkiss is like, oh, shit, I better, I better put this on. And then they just start like making out with these two guys while Hedgeworth is just like awkwardly standing there. Yeah, Martin's like, well, now I feel like fucking Woody Allen. Don't quite get that one, but all right. It's supposed to be, well... You know, like the Larry David thing, you know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, uh, yeah. oh, shucks. I could be making it with a hot woman, but I'm not. Instead, <laughs> I'm the asshole washing the dishes while they make out in the kitchen. Shirtless. Instead, I'm the director who fell in love with a very young woman. What? Yeah, I fucked my stepdaughter, and now I married her. But there's nothing weird about that. <laughs> Listen, I think my 13-year-old daughter's attractive, and I don't think it's weird. You shouldn't think it's weird. Don't bring it up. I mean, if I wasn't married now, and she wasn't my daughter... I would, you know, it's fine, question mark. Build that wall, sir. <laughs> hey, he built it. Sure did. Right around the White House. He did around his house. Oh, my God. You think this is, you think Epstein was on this yacht? Probably. At some point. That was the party that happened before them. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. That was the party they had before them. <laughs> Holy shit, you're right. Don't sleep in those beds. Someone asks who was in the yacht before, and Harvey just pulls a gun. He's like, you ask again, I will shoot you with no questions asked, okay? We talking about uh, George Kennedy Harvey, or is Harvey Weinstein there? Oh, no! <laughs> I think both, right? No. I mean, if, if, you know, if we're playing up this gag, I mean, we want to take this any deeper. Oof. Oh, no. I already went down that rabbit hole way too far. <laughs> Let's pull it back out. Sure. Okay. So it's nighttime at this point, and uh, everyone's kind of hanging out uh, below deck, except for Clue, who is supposed to be fucking driving the boat. <laughs> But this motherfucker, like, stops to reach into, like, the refrigerator behind him to pull out a bottle of wine and is just fucking chugging this. Oh, man. When he starts fucking drinking, everything goes to shit, and it's hilarious. I was clapping my hands like a fucking seal the whole time. Like, he's just being ridiculous. And at some point, he's just swigging this fucking bottle away. (laughs) And he goes, yep, Captain Albert, foop. Captain Albert, I just heard this one's for you, baby. I've seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. And he's driving this fucking boat. But yeah, the exclamation of uh, F-O-O-O-O-P, I guess, really fucking uh, stayed with me. Because I'm like, of all the sounds to make as like a self-affirmation, he went with foop. (laughs) Foop. Rachel comes and she like finds him drinking and she's like, get the fuck out of here. She's like, you threw us off course. And he's like, aye, aye, baby. Yeah. He just leaves. He is like, doesn't matter what happens. He's like, I'm committed to having a good fucking time. (laughs) Fuck it. I had to kill a man today. Meanwhile, like, Walter is drunk out of his mind eating a banana. (laughs) (laughs) Telling him this fucking story. (laughs) Basically telling them about his embezzling and none of them even bat an eyelash. So I goes in there and they say, I'll give you 15 million if you walk out of this room. I looked him straight in the eye and I said... No. <laughs> and then George Kennedy, who has like done nothing but bitch and complain this entire film, was like, yeah, yeah, I remember when that happened. That was great. And he's like, yeah, it happened, but we didn't walk. We, we only walked after $25 million, and that's the story, okay? 
Can we stop telling him about all our fucking embezzlement stories, please? He suddenly realizes he's having too much fun. He's like, Walter. I'm pretty sure like none of these people are getting off the boat anyway when they get to the Cayman Islands. Like, well, that's a good point. If there was no mutant cat, I feel like everyone would get a bullet in the fucking mouth. I'm pretty sure George Kennedy is going to just execute them while they're sleeping. Also, they're in Fort Lauderdale. Florida for spring break and they end up in the Cayman fucking islands like what did they think was gonna happen they're just gonna take a plane back they're gonna get back on the yacht and go back to Florida I guess or they're yeah they're gonna sail all the way back that's a lot of time with these scumbags like Four days. Eight days. <laughs> well, yeah, right. Oh, my God. They, Harvey would have shot them all before the four days were over. Trust me. <laughs> oh, yeah. If there was no mutant cat, it was just him. Yeah, Harvey's like, I'm giving this 12 more hours. I'm putting bullets in each one of them. I don't need to shit. Well, Rachel, uh, you know, she kicks uh, Captain Albert out of the fucking captain's cabin and realizes, ah, shit, we're way off course. But then we go to Albert. Walking around the fucking deck. Yeah. You know, finishing this bottle off, and he's like, ah, I gotta get another one. <laughs> and again, this cat is inside the fucking, like, crate, like the refrigerator with the wine bottles. It's in a box with, like, uh, uh, life vests and shit. And he's, like, moving the life vests out of the way. And I, and I guess Albert's hidden stash. Yeah, and he's like, ah, there's my wine, baby. And he's like, oh, he's like, get away from that wine, little kitty cat. And he fucking pulls the fucking bottle out and opens it and takes a fucking swig and he's, he's like he's oh yo, you want some of this sweet little pussy and he fucking takes a sip and spits it all over the cat he kind of had it coming oh man it's a fucking great seat like the way that he everybody that's been taken out up until this point kind of deserved it sure everyone has everyone has asked for uh some kind of uh comeuppance to the hands of this cat so far and then he kind of just sits in befuddlement while this fucking mutant cat again comes out of this thing's mouth um, and then bites him on the throat. Well, first, he sees it, like, coming out of the mouth and starts freaking, so he breaks the wine bottle, I guess, in an attempt to stab it, but just, like, doesn't? No, he just stands there and takes it to the neck. And this is the first kind of scene we get where you see what happens when this thing actually bites somebody. Um, it's poisonous. It, like, poisons you with, with its bite? B-O-W. Oh, yeah, man. There's like a fucking umbrella's finest. He's like you can see in his neck like uh like little prosthetic bladders and shit like moving like veins bulging out and popping and blood shooting all over the place. Um and this is intercut with like these assholes dancing inside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um this is some of the worst dancing I've seen in my whole life. Uh yeah. Corey's dancing with like his hands in his pockets like butt humping fucking Suzanne. All the make Crispin Glover's dance from Friday 4 look like an absolute masterwork. <laughs> These chicks are like, what's happening yeah. with these dudes? They're into it. Yeah. I mean, when you're on a boat and there's nowhere else to go, like, you might as well just, you know, kind of go, go with the flow. Yeah. So fucking Clue is, like, dying and he fucking takes a dive off the back of the boat into the water. And I guess George Kennedy hears this over all the bad dancing and music. <laughs> And he's like, what the fuck was that? Sounded like Albert fell into the ocean. That sounds like something annoying. I better go investigate it. Yeah. <laughs> Sounded like a punk. Sounded like a punk, kid. Someone show weakness in this boat. I have to go sense it. So so he leaves the room and then, like, comes back. And in, uh, in the time that he leaves and comes back, uh, Walter has kind of stepped in and started dancing with Bobby. He's like, yeah, Lance, get the fuck out of here. 
And Ken- George Kennedy comes back in. And he's like, yeah, Walter, you need to come with me right now. He's like, eh. He's like pantomiming towards the girl. He's like, eh. <laughs> this is important. Let's fucking go. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to get laid here. He's like, Walter, we're trapped on a fucking yacht with them. Just come on. <laughs> They're not going anywhere. Yeah, they're they're not going anywhere. <laughs> That's an ugly thing too, because like as soon as he has his way with them, oh my god, then you just kind of have to sit there for another three days. Yeah, we're gonna get to that in a little bit. Yeah. So they go up on deck and like they see blood and shit. Um, where where Albert was and George Kennedy's like that fucking idiot. He f- he fell overboard, and. uh Walter's like, oh, no, he's like, Rachel's going to want to go back for him and whatever. I don't need this. Let's just pretend we didn't see it. And they're like, okay. (laughs) Meanwhile, there's blood all over the place. Yeah, they just start whistling Camp Town races like fucking Terry O'Quinn. <laughs> fucking, yeah. Flick, flick who? Who's Albert? He, Walter walks back in and just waves his hand. He's like, there was no Albert. <laughs> Only Zool. <laughs> so come morning, we start this scene with fucking Bobby and Suzanne lounging in front of the, the fucking hot tub. In the spa where fucking, where, where Gary, what the fuck's his name? Daryl was fucking choked out. Daryl was fucking killed. <laughs> and we get the continuation of this, I, I don't know if it's a gag or thing that I, I referenced earlier of uh, Walter on the top of like a balcony staring down at them just gawking he does a lot of leering from a distance so he's just like just being a creep yeah, yeah. It, like the uncomfortable stares yeah and Rachel comes up to him and, and she's like yeah the engine's overheating we gotta kind of turn it off and just drift for a while and he's like hey whoa this is screwing up my schedule we can't do this we need to be on time I can't spend a week with these girls <laughs> And then, you know, she's like, okay, well, this is what we got to do. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I'm going to try to fix it. While she walks away, him and George Kennedy are like kind of trying to figure out their story. They're going to tell her. And she comes back in. She's like, ah, shit. I, I, I think Albert fell off the side of the boat. I found all this blood. And they're they're like, oh, oh my God. Are you serious? <laughs> wow. Huh. That's a shame. I liked him. No. That would never have. No. And she's like, we got to go back. And and George Kennedy's like, uh, no, because uh, he couldn't swim. And she's like, is that true? And he's like, oh, yep, mm-hmm, sure is. He's dead. He's gone. He's shark bait now. Wherever he lies, there shall he be buried. Move on. You want this boat or not? Get out of here. Yeah, he, he goes into his briefcase, Walter, and he breaks out like a contract. And he's like, yeah, look it over. She's like, wow, this is the deed to the boat. Like, you're just going to give it to me? He's like, well, just, you know, if we don't have to turn around, I don't see why not. Get me to the Cayman Islands. And she's like, I'm not going to sacrifice somebody's life for a fucking boat. And he's like, well, uh, and that's when George Kennedy says, yeah, he couldn't swim. He's probably shark bait. Also, like, if it was the night before, that motherfucker is gone. We are at open sea. Well, sure. You're not finding a fucking thing <laughs> no, from that guy, okay? No, he nope. is gone. Uh, There's also a quick scene real quick where, like, Martin is, like, examining where the blood is and, like, finds a piece of cloth with blood on it and decides to put it under a microscope for whatever reason because he just can't get enough biology, I guess. This is his Curian moment where he, uh... <laughs> The blood, it lives forever. Except the tools he uses aren't totally covered in dust. Yeah, the tools he uses are, are contemporary given the time and not covered in dust. Uh, I don't know, dude. He uses a sexton that's covered in dust. Sure. Well, that's because it was in a case and she probably hasn't used it ever. Her <laughs> Haggerty left that there. <laughs> I Hey, did you find my sexton that I got from that island of the dead? 
Or what? There's a compartment under the uh, bottom. You just you turn in the uh, knob, and <laughs> I, I have a little stash in there I've been saving. <laughs> you need the eagle metal to get to my stash. It's got a keyhole with a carving of a knight. <laughs> <laughs> Take it out of the statue on the top deck. In fact, it's actually the symbol from elves, that thing that he fucking researches. Oh, it's the fucking charm that he's got on his neck, the Alphenhuten medallion? Yeah. The boat was designed by the same guy who designed the RPD police station, okay? It's very weird and complicated. <laughs> this yacht used to be a museum. <laughs> What? That doesn't explain all the secret passages. So Martin takes a sextant and, he, and a magnifying glass for whatever reason and, like, looks at this piece of cloth with blood on it and, like, reactivates the cells with some water. And he's like, look at this shit. And she's like, what am I looking at, Martin? And he's like, look, the blood cells. It's over thousands. It's it, it, there's, there's thousands more in there than there should be. And if this is Albert's, that's weird. I think this is kind of a cool way for how this cat's poison works because... They seem to be implying that once it bites you, your body starts producing red blood cells to the point where, like, you can't house as much plasma as is being produced, I guess. And you just start popping all over the place. That's fucking rad. And you're fucking, like, there's so much blood going through your heart, it, like, it's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> like, it makes it beat really fast and then just fucking pop. You essentially overpressurize. Like, you, you just start yeah. bursting at the seams like your pipes that are too, under too much strain. It's kind of fucking rad. I was kind of hoping someone would actually explode, and that doesn't happen, so. There is a sequence that we'll get to, and it looked like the effect didn't work, so it was like a post thing. Yeah. So then we go to probably the most fucked up scene in the movie, where Walter comes into the room where Bobby's working out, I guess, watching her Jane Fonda fucking workout tapes that she just had on her. You're better than Jane Fonda. Boy, is it ever an 80s workout video. And, uh, you know, Walter, he can't fucking help himself. He's a horny old man, and, uh, he's gotta get his hands on her. He's a rich, horny old man. That's the worst part. Because he thinks he can fucking do whatever he wants. Yeah. Right, well, he's, yeah, he's rich, he's old, he owns the boat. And she's not going anywhere. What's she going to do? He goes right up to her, and he's, he, you know, first he's hitting on her, then he's sniffing her hair, <sighs> and then and then he fucking grabs her stomach, and she's kind of like, ah, yeah, okay, this is starting to get really uncomfortable, like, I'm trying to work out. Like, she doesn't immediately tell him to fuck off, she kind of gives him, like, a chance. To fucking stand down uh i physically recoiled when he grabs her stomach and starts caressing her i was like yeah, it's gross and he says some shit <laughs> he says some shit like he's like hey listen uh you don't have to worry about working out because i'm getting tired of fucking playing cat and mouse with you guys so you better start fucking and he she's like what and he's like yeah you can get the fuck out unless uh you give it up she's like what are you talking about he's like i got a lifeboat i'll fucking throw you right out there and then proceeds to force himself on her. Yeah. And thank God, uh, I didn't think I was going to say this, but thank God for Lance. <laughs> Lance's face turn. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. He's a nice guy, right? Dude, this guy runs in, sees this happening, and, and clubs fucking Walter. He punches him in the gut. He is ready to beat the shit out of this extremely wealthy man. Because fuck you, man. You shouldn't be doing that shit. I love it. Yeah. But then uh, uh, no bullshit Harvey steps in like, Two seconds later, and is like, I've had enough of these fucking people. He shoots this son of a bitch in the arm in like a millisecond. He's like, nope, bam. He was literally waiting for anything to happen to shoot one of them. His gun's all sweaty because his hand's always on it. He's about to blow Lance's fucking brains out. They're like, no, you won't do that. He's like, oh, fucking watch me. And he cocks the gun. 
he's again he's just waiting to murder these kids for any infraction you wouldn't he's like boy and even walt's like wait a second i was trying to rape her don't kill him and then and then as he's about to blow lance's brains out Corey comes in like a fucking linebacker at a left field <laughs> tackles this guy and knocks the gun out of his hand and then he like you think Corey's gonna like take him out and then like yeah no george kennedy like you know, stops and collects himself and just beats the shit out of this guy. Like, one, two, three, Corey's on the ground. Dude, he he lays the fucking gorilla fist right into him. Like I said, especially when this, this shot, is, this scene is filmed, like, there was a shot where it's further back in the room, so everyone's kind of in this, like, like almost like a, a diorama or a pan, like a panorama setting. So you can see everyone. And so Corey's a fucking speck physically next to George <laughs> Kennedy like it's embarrassing especially that one shot where he punches him in the guts and like Corey pops off the ground George Kennedy's huge I'm like man you're not getting back up that's probably like one your liver is probably screaming that's like a hundred pound punch you'd be, yeah exactly you'd be sucking wind and like he just like <laughs> casually just like <laughs> hits the dude in the ribs and bends down to grab his gun again he's like that's it well it's like every punch from George Kennedy's gotta be like 200 psi's of pressure on this guy's fucking gut <laughs> oh god He's so fucking big. <laughs> He's got like those big show hands, man. <laughs> yeah. Corey fucking falls down and he big boots him in the fucking chest. Dude, he might as well. And then he goes to pick the gun up. And while this scene's going on, like you kind of can hear the cat freaking out in the background and no one really acknowledges it. <laughs> the cat? Okay. The noises of this fucking cat. Are, like the ADR of the fucking cat, just regular cat noises are like, yeah, 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 are, are just happening at random times in the movie, and it's just like, meow, meow, just like to signify that it's around. And the thing is, they're all looped, so it's the same three sets of cat noises. So it's like, I think when they were getting on the boat, it was like, meow, 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 yeah. meow. <laughs> well, this scene the entire time before you know shit goes down while she's working out, you just hear in the background. <laughs> <laughs> And no one fucking, like, reacts to it. No. Someone's like, will someone calm the Tasmanian devil down, please? Like, <laughs> So this fucking cat come again, once again comes out of the mouth of the, of the regular cat and bites George Kennedy's Achilles tendon and just, like, rips the back of his fucking heel off. He, this cat absolutely destroys his ankle. It's disgusting. Oh, my God, bites through his shoe and everything. Dude, he death rolls this motherfucker. He does death roll? Yeah! <laughs> and George Kennedy, it looks like he's stomping out a fucking mud hole, like, trying to escape from this thing. He's like, ah! And they're, they're just, like, totally ignoring him because he just shot their friend. Yeah. And he collapses, and his foot, holy shit, is it bleeding. Dude. And they all they all come into the room, and they're checking on Lance and totally ignoring him. Except for Walt. They're like, oh, yeah, this gunshot when we gotta take care of this. Meanwhile, George Kennedy's on the couch, like, about to faint. He's in so much pain. He is losing blood rapidly, and he's just like, like, I, for the next, like, few scenes he's in, um, he is selling this as hard as he possibly can. Like, he's like, oh, God! Mother of sweet Jesus! Ah! It's great. Walt's like, what happened? He's like, the cat, the cat, the cat. And fucking Martin comes in, like, looks at his foot. He's like, Jesus fucking Christ. He's like, what? it bit right through his shoe. This was, what a no fucking cat did this. He's like, this wasn't a cat. What are you talking about? We forgot to mention, 
after he he gets away from the cat, the only other one that sees it is Bobby, and the cat's, like, running around. Yeah. Kind of like the elf in Elves. Yeah, kinda. And it's, like, it's popping out like a fucking gremlin, like, taunting him and laughing at him while he's, like, firing the pistol at it. (laughs) George is trying to shoot it, and he, like, blows a bunch of fucking liquor bottles away, and the fucking cat's laughing, and it's running away. There's this creepy shot, man. I think I've mentioned this on the show before, but it always always skeeves me out and freaks me out. But, like, you see it just... Like, the frame cuts to it, and it, like, just dips out of frame down a stairwell, and it's clearly, like, a dog with, like, a fucking rug on its back or something, but <laughs> it's creepy. Yeah. But, yeah, back back to him being finally checked on by Hedgeworth, and uh, he's like, yeah, this looks bad, and uh, George Kennedy, like, lays on the couch and is just sweating profusely. And uh, Hedgeworth is like, yeah, we analyzed the blood, and uh, if this thing bit them... Uh, it's it's poisonous and uh, it's bad. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, he says like his heart's racing and shit, and he's basically he's dying like real time. <laughs> yeah, and he's just sitting there. He's like, "Mother of God!" Ah! Like it hurts or whatever, you know. Dude, he he has a full on John Hurt from Alien moment. Just about the food ain't that bad, baby. Well, they're discussing like, you know. We kind of talked about it already, but, like, you know, the blood that Hedgeworth looked at and, like I just said, that the cat's uh, bite is poisonous because Bobby talks about, I saw some kind of creature, it was the cat, some kind of creature. And George Kennedy's leg, like, near the wound just starts bleeding. And then his chest, like, I make the John Hurt joke because it's, like, literally, I I was expecting an alien to pop out of his fucking chest. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Because there's a huge bubble of blood, like, bursting out of his uh, chest area. Like, his legs, like, pulsating and the veins are pulsating. And again, like, the I guess the poison, like, makes your red blood cell count go up where, like, Connor was saying, like, it can't stay in your body and it's just, like, a big pressure pot or whatever his fucking leg pops and his they they open his fucking shirt and his fucking chest is like bubbling up and popping i feel like they wanted this shit to burst but like didn't get it to burst yeah it's like it's supposed to be his heart i'm assuming yeah yeah probably like one of the major uh, arteries in your chest but like yeah it, they kept maybe linger on him and i'm like oh that's gonna explode and they would just go back down i'm like okay we're not they're all gathered around him and he fucking dies uh but there's this weird cut in the international version where like he dies, and then he, like, pops back up for, like, a jump scare, and then we cut to the outside of the boat. What? Yeah. That's weird. Um, And, like, when they gather around him, I'm like, that's gonna explode. They're in a splash zone. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. They leaned in, like, he's just like, Aah. I'm like, oh, that was disappointing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> It should have popped, right? While this is all going down, Rachel and Suzanne run to the captain's cabin to, uh, to call in, you know, uh, Mayday. And and fucking Walter comes in with the pistol like no no you're not doing that he he goes full uh Rob uh, what's his face he goes full Quint Robert Shaw yeah he shoots the fucking radio and he's like we're not doing any of that <laughs> I have that written in my notes <laughs> and uh, we're gonna we're gonna get this boat started she's and Rachel's just like uh, it's overheating that ain't gonna work he's like I don't fucking care he's like we gotta get this fucking boat started I gotta get to the Cayman Islands and. Uh, He's like, if you don't start this fucking boat, I'm going to shoot Suzanne in the face. And they end up, like, having a scuffle or whatever, and then he mans the boat trying to start it. And while he's not looking, she, like, picks up a fucking fire extinguisher and, like, shoots him with it, and he ends up dropping the gun. Yes. And uh, Suzanne takes it and is, like, about to shoot his fucking dick off. <laughs> she goes, if he moves, blow his balls off. Keep the gun on the scumbag, and if he moves, <laughs> blow his balls off. Uh, Side note. This is also probably the first scene that we get uh, that begins the slow and uh, 
kind of depressing fall of Suzanne's psyche. The descent. Um, she just, she immediately breaks in half <laughs> and then just continues plummeting. Yeah. And just keeps spiraling down that fucking hole, man. I, I kind of like it cause like she's probably never had a gun pointer before. Um, and she's looking at a guy who's like, oh, I'll totally kill you right now. And I even think about it. I'll go to sleep right afterwards. No, oh yeah. From that moment, she gets a moment of temporary power over this guy. So I can imagine like the adrenaline spike and then come down would probably just send you into some kind of weird, you know weird state sure i mean she's in shock i guess but then like oh yeah and and just with the events that like happen after this and like i think there's at one point like in the next couple scenes where like uh martin says they've been they've been stranded for like three days on the boat well yeah because the the engine's overheated they can't go anywhere right but yeah so so george kennedy dies and i guess just because they don't want to keep the body on board for some reason they dump it over the side of the boat it's gonna stink dude they fucking heave ho him into the fucking water it literally takes all of them to fucking throw him over <laughs> yeah it's like fucking throwing a log overboard like <laughs> A tree, a whole tree. Yeah, but yeah, and then they like they lock up Graham, and they're like, "You, you, you got to stay in this your fucking room or whatever." Um, and then they kind of try to figure out what they're gonna do, like how to fix the engine, you know, how um what they're gonna do for food and stuff like that. They gotta check on Graham. He's a noose hanging behind him. He's like, "I'm okay now. <laughs> I'm all better. I want to come outside." <laughs> Meanwhile, Corey's like, "Yeah, you're a big disappointment to me, man." Yeah. I'm all better now. I'm not a scumbag. I'm not a wealthy white guy anymore. <laughs> I shaved off my mustache. I just want to go to sleep in the hot tub. We fade to nighttime, and just to kind of expand on what we were just talking about, Suzanne is sitting there, like, in the cabin of the ship with a fucking flare gun, just kind of looking around her, scared out of her mind of this cat. Yeah. Which I was kind of uh, upset she never got to use it. Yeah. I don't think it was in the budget, but that's okay. Sure. And they, they hear a noise. Um, it, it's her, Lance, and Bobby in the room. And Lance is, is kind of like laid up in his bed with a uh, sling. He's like, yeah, it came from the closet. He's like, oh, he's like, uh, can you check it out? And Bobby's like, uh, okay. She's all about it, dude. He's like, it's creek from the boat. She's like, no, it's not. It's a fucking cat could be in there. And she just goes to open it. And I'm like, what the fuck are you going to do if the cat is in there? Yeah, this was definitely like an aberration kind of scene, except a different end result. Sure. They didn't have a 22 rifle either, so. Yeah. Or, or our Simon Basel to shoot up the place. I know, right? This cat would have made it off this fucking boat because, like, with so with, with only so much, like, floor space and places to go, Simon Basel would have shot this whole fucking boat to pieces by now. <laughs> oh, yeah. It would have exploded by now. <laughs> Multiple times. He would have threw a fucking cigarette in the gas tank wherever the... They find him, like, everyone else is dead with bullet holes in him. He's like, they were in the way, all right? I just kept shooting, like... Uh, look, I can't explain the, the fucking broom that was on fire, okay? Yeah, I, or the Elton John's glasses. <laughs> <laughs> I was bored. I was the only one left. While they're doing that also, we, we kind of see Rachel and Hedgeworth trying to fix the uh, engine. And, you know, they've they've kind of at this point started to have a little bit of a thing for each other and, you know, whatever. But the cat's kind of watching them work. Not attacking them, but watching them. It's establishing their relationship and shit. And then, like, Corey goes into the room, into Walt's room again. I guess to ask him something and like Walt ends up giving him like a Rolex and he's like, he's like, yeah, go ahead keep it kid. And he's like, thanks fucker. This is the scene where I was talking about where I kind of like, I was like, all right, now Walter's extra interesting because yeah, I think when you like, and I, 
I've levied this at The Walking Dead because when they're not doing this, the show is incredibly interesting. When, like, when you take a villain and you shrink the scale way down to where it's just them and their personal problems, and you know, and you get inside their head for a little bit, uh, it becomes super interesting. And I think this exchange between him and uh, uh, Corey is really interesting because he's kind of like he won. He he seems defeated, but he's also still like. I'm fucking wealthy, and, like, when this is over, I'll be fine. I'm getting richer all the time. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, whatever. He's like, I'll be, he's like, I'm getting richer by the second. He's like, oh, this is no no big deal to me. Um, And he flaunts his wealth so much that he's like, oh, yeah, watch this. And he opens up his wall safe and just, like, throws money at this dude. He's like, yeah, whatever, who cares? Here, take a bundle. Tell you what. If you help me get to the Cayman Islands with no more bullshit, I'll, that's, I'm going to make that look like chump change. Get what I'm saying, kid? He's like, I'm not gonna trust you. And he's like, Well, I'd be ashamed if you did. But yeah, you're you'd be stupid. If- <laughs> you'd be you'd be stupid, but you probably should. <laughs> and then it's kind of like you don't really know if he agreed to this or not right away. But we go to Suzanne's, I guess, room, and uh, Corey kind of fucks with her, pretends to be the cat for some reason. I don't really know why he would joke about that. Cause he's a fucking douchebag. Yeah. Cause he's a piece of shit. Yeah. He's Bradster. <laughs> and then she is like confiding in him about how scared she is, and all he cares about is fucking her. And we don't ever see the deed done, but it's heavily implied. And then it just cuts to the next day. There's in the international cut. There's like a whole nude scene with her. Really? The implications of this were kind of freaky because like the next day she's very guarded. And kind of catatonic. Yeah, like, what did he do to her? Yeah, and when he approached her, she's like, get away from me. And she clams up and gets terrified right away. So I, there seems to be some kind of um, uh, idea that something horrific went on overnight. Probably. He seems like a, that type of dude. Well, and especially as the movie continues, like, he becomes scummier and scummier. Yeah. He's got that influence, man. Yeah, man. I think Suzanne gets even more scared because they find out that, like, the cat had rummage through all the food yeah yes and because it's all of its saliva is all over the food and shit it's poisoned all the food so if they eat it they'll fucking die well and and you know what she's shook but she's still trying to kind of hang in there when they're all in there and and like martin's like martin's like oh all the food is poison and all all the the only thing that jumped in my head was that tim and eric sketch (laughs) all the food is poison your dad's barbecue brisket The peas, the celery sticks, the meat and the fish will make you sick. He's just like dancing on the deck of the boat singing the song. <laughs> Suzanne's crying in the corner. <laughs> All these school children singing. Pork chop. Poison. Chop suey. Poison. Help me hold your man. <laughs> but yeah, so we, we cut to Bobby and Lance making out in his room. And uh, Lance is like, yeah, you know. My arm, you know, it, it doesn't hurt at all. I have no feeling in it. Yeah, can you believe it? And he, like, lifts his arm in the air and lets it go. He's like, yeah, it doesn't hurt at all. But my dick still works. Yeah. It's not alarming that I've lost feeling in one of my appendages. <laughs> right? And in, like, the span of, like, 30 seconds to a minute after he says that, uh, I guess the blanket was over his hand and Bobby moves it and the fucking cat has bit the shit out of his hand. And he's, like, missing two <laughs> or three fingers. She goes, let me see that boo-boo. And this cat's got a mouthful of this dude's hand. All I can think of is the Family Guy bit where Peter's eating Joe's legs. <laughs> on the fucking on the raft. 
you're eating my legs. Yeah, like Sean said, he like bites off like three of his fucking fingers and his fucking whole arm is like pulsating. Half his hand has been munched on. Yeah. Apparently he can't feel his hand, but he moves it a hell of a lot. This guy freaks the fuck out. Dude. He's like, oh, I'm poisoned. It's poisoned. He's like, I'm fucking poisoned. The poison's in my blood. And he he runs off. Like, I don't know what his plan was. He fucking runs like Darkman towards the fucking edge of this boat. Like, he's just like, ah, poison my blood. He ends up like going at to the front of the ship and he's like, this is my blood's poison. He's like, I can't. I'm going to die. Fucking get off me. And Bobby's like, yeah, damn, we'll help you or whatever. And he's like, no, I'm going to die. He ends up tossing himself and Bobby overboard. <laughs> And they just disappear into the blue abyss beneath them. (laughs) This feels almost like a cop-out because the boat is stationary. And, like, if there was even a current that strong to make them disappear right away, like, this boat would not just stay in one place. Like, there'd be some activity, but, like... Well, it's drifting. Yeah, but then, like, uh, Martin and uh, uh, Corey dive in after him. They're like, they're gone! I'm like, I don't know about that. Uh, Yeah, they just disappeared. Well, you know... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Unless, like, the Meg came up underneath him and just fucking swallowed him whole, like... That's... I was about to fucking say that, quite literally. <laughs> dude, they fell into fuck into the Pacific Rim hole, dude. That happens. Yeah, that could have been it, too. I, I just pictured John Hurt just, you know, with the power of, you know, the Buchanan. In a submarine? Is uh, either they were dropped in one of his portals, or he's just releasing the Meg into the ocean and then having it captured again into a separate portal. Are you saying there's an unmade sequel out there where it's just... A- with uh with uh Lance and Bobby in Kaiju World? <laughs> hey, maybe. Cause I want it. Or if it was like just John Hurt and like some Dr. Claw ass submarine and he's like collecting them. Sure. And he's like, <laughs> Ha, you've got poisonous cat blood. I'm going to create an army of poisonous cats now. With a uh, with a submersible claw machine, like out of an arcade, like it just reached over and grabs him like <laughs> They just like, yeah, just plucks him and puts him in. I'll show Frankenstein who the real mad scientist is. <laughs> this is insane, irrational, and illogical. I have no idea what I'm doing. Welp, back to the drawing board. So, yeah, they're out in the movie. I've plucked you two in this timeline. I don't know why. <laughs> It was me who embezzled that money from the FCC. <laughs> that was the long game. <laughs> yeah, right. Thorn pops out. He's like, "Don't fucking steal my catchphrases," and just backs off. <laughs> Walter was the pawn the whole time. Yeah, exactly. He was being played. Oh my god, that was the whole thing. He just he needed to get to the cat. Yeah, yeah. This is this works out perfectly because now John Hurt has a fucking mad cat, and it's uninvited. Well, you know, John Hurt did invite it. No, I'm saying like he he sits next to him at his fucking on his on his throne wherever the fuck John Hurt sits. <laughs> Yeah, I'm picturing it now. Now the pieces are coming together. Yeah, like like Dr. Claw. Okay. And it's voiced by Frank Welker. Oh my god. <laughs> I just finally put all that together. As he as he talks to his car baby that is actually Professor Screwwise. <laughs> as we previously established. Oh yeah, dude. Next time, Hedgewood. <laughs> Next time. John Hurt becomes more evil by the episode. I mean he was already pretty evil. He is the unfathomable power. And evil. He did shrug at the idea of making a doomsday weapon, okay? He was like, they're like, make it. He's like, okay, I'll do one better. I won't even know how to use it. You asked for a weapon, I built you a weapon. Let's do it. Fuck it. They asked me to make a doomsday weapon, so I said, sure, and I did it with my fucking eyes closed. I wanted a cat, so I got a cat. <laughs> it just happened to be one that has a mutation. That's my kind of cat. Um, Real quick, when this thing comes out of the, of the host cat's mouth... In the U.S. cut, it's like pig noises, kind of like squealing kind of noises. 
In the international cut, it's an entirely different sound that it makes. Huh. It's fucking weird. So it's kind of, it's very werewolf, where, like, once it becomes the werewolf, it just starts making, like, a 17 different animal sounds all at once, including cats. It's fucking bonkers. It, it sounds more like somebody doing it rather than an animal sound, like... <laughs> Billy's back again. Yeah, he's the voice of the cat. Billy! Why'd you, why would he just do with the cat? That would be fucking terrifying if this thing popped out and started yelling at you like that. Oh, man, it starts making phone calls, crank calls. Yeah. And then it bites your fucking heel and you die of poisonous death. And it just yells at you in your face the whole time. <laughs> well, he basically does that later. We'll get to it. Uh, so after this horrid affair, um... We cut to the the fucking fireplace inside this yacht, I guess, because that of course that's a thing. I, that always that made me scratch my head because I'm like, this yacht has a, an actual working fucking fireplace in it. Well, like we said, this guy's got fucking three million just sitting around for chump change. Sure, yeah. While they're warming up, um, Hedgeworth comments like, "Yeah, you know, Lance. I don't know why he would do that. He just kept screaming, you know, the poison's in me." And Suzanne's like. Oh, the poison! Oh, the, the, the cat! Oh, the fucking cat's gonna kill me! We're never gonna make it out of here alive! We're all gonna die a horrible death! It's like, Jesus Christ, Suzanne, cool it. It'll happen to you! <laughs> <laughs> then it, like, cuts to the next day, and uh, they're all trying to figure out what to do, and then um, Corey casually mentions, he's like, hey, maybe we should let Graham out, because um, he's extra hands or whatever, and we can start a cat assault team. Well, right, because Suzanne is just canatonic at this point, and she, they're like, okay, uh, Suzanne, you just stay on watch, and she, like, won't even take the binoculars. She's like, eh. Yeah, have the bitch fucking that's cracking up stay on watch. Well, yeah, bad idea to begin with, but kind of like Connor was saying, like, Corey's a fucking dickhead to this woman. Oh, yeah, he totally is. He's like, do your job. He's like, I don't want to hear no shit. Yeah, he's like, he's he makes some kind of like, I think he says woman at some point. He's yeah. Like, he's like, be a woman and do your work or some shit like that. Something fucked up. Further cementing my desire to see him get killed horribly. On top of that, the, the fucking cherry on top, he's like, you brought the fucking cat. It's all your fault. Yes, because... Hedgeworth, he, he kind of goes down on one knee and he's trying to talk to Suzanne to kind of get her in a better frame of mind. And she says that straight up. She's like, you said it would be a good idea to bring the cat, didn't you? And uh, he's like, yeah, I did say that. And she's like, I just want to make sure Corey knows what happened. Like, make sure he's not confused. Martin tries to de defuse the situation and, and talk to her nicely <laughs> um, and treat her with some respect and dignity. And yeah. realizes the fact that she's going through some shit, so you can't just fucking yell at her like a fucking mongrel. Oh, yeah. Well, she's also having some kind of, like, psychological meltdown where she's like, I didn't bring the cat. You brought the cat. She's like, you said we should bring it. It's your fault. And he's like, okay. Yeah, sure. It, yep, sure is. Sure it is. Totally is. My fault. You calm now? Yeah. Can you keep watch now? And she's like, <laughs> no. <laughs> She's got it. She fucking draws a, a a heart on her face with lipstick. Fucking shoves it in her boob. I don't know what happens. Oh no. <laughs> well, then we go to I guess like now Walter's out. They let Corey get him out of the fucking room, and they're just like walking around the uh, like the engine room. And Corey Corey has like a plate of poisoned food that he's just like, yeah, I put so much poison in this, I wouldn't even want to touch it. Fucking Walt's like, man, that smells good. I'm starving. <laughs> he also hands. Walt the gun almost immediately. He has like he has a second thought for like one second. 
<laughs> he's like, eh, okay, here you go. And he hands him the fucking gun. But Daddy Hero asked for the gun. I mean, this will come full circle later, but we're in the engine room. Do not shoot anything in the fucking engine room. Yeah. <laughs> Please put the gun away. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and while he's enacting this fucking amazing plan, we, uh... We cut back to Rachel and Hedgeworth kind of uh, figuring out how they're going to try to fix everything. And uh, Hedgeworth's like, all right, so uh, what are we having for dinner? Cereal again, huh? <laughs> Cereal and champagne. Oh, my God. Ugh. Fucking Walter is so pissed about the amount of champagne he gets. He goes like, that's it. <laughs> like, what the fuck? He's <laughs> like, what? Meanwhile, Suzanne takes what she's given and slam dunks it down her fucking throat. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, yes, please. Bam. Oh, man. Doesn't even, like, savor it or anything. And so so at, throw that into the mix, too. Like, hunger and, like, uh, dehydration and shit. And she's already fucking cracking up. Yeah. Uh, dehydration, um, depression, and isolation. Because you're not, you're not moving. You're in one spot. Yeah. Also sleep deprivation. Because she's like, I can't sleep with the fucking cat running around. Yes. Not to mention her best friend died. Oh, yeah. No, sure. Disappeared. All these other people are dying. There's a fucking mutant cat, killer cat, on the ship still. <laughs> so they're eating fucking dinner, and they're like, where's Corey? And he's like, yeah, he's checking his cat traps. Connor, you must have been fucking so happy. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this guy. He's a fucking idiot. Oh, yeah. He goes down into the fucking engine room, and he's like, oh, the cat ate all the poison. He's like, oh, but the cat is poison, so I guess it doesn't hurt it, or whatever. It's a double negative. Damn. Ah, shit. I should have known. So... I guess the cat is just hanging out outside of its host body because it just pops out of nowhere and it's like, Bleh! and he's like, oh my God. So he shoots a fucking hole in the hull of the boat. Yeah. Uh, yep. And then it like pops up in front of him in, in front of this like uh, pipe and he shoots this pipe and he gets blasted in the face with steam and it like melts half of his face off. This cat monster taunts his ass to shoot at it and it fucking dives out of the way and he hits this freaking water heater or whatever it is. He's laying on the ground and his face is just bleeding out and this cat is like looking at him like laughing like, yeah, that's right, fuck it. <laughs> Literally. And then crawls back into the cat mouth. Yeah, and the uh, the effect on his face is really cool looking because it's not just like Freddy Krueger burns. Like it looks like half of his face is actually kind of like, um, like there's a fissure like in his skin. Like he's, it, it burned him so badly his cheek cracked open. Uh, is what it looked like. And it looked disgusting. I loved it. Yeah, there's a big hole, and it was just like, yeah, it was really good. Also, it's nice to have someone who isn't, like, who, who isn't killed by the cat, like someone who's undone by their own fucking, you know, hot-headedness and stupidity. Sure, but, like, the cat totally <laughs> coerced him. Oh, the cat go, yeah, the cat coerced the situation, but the cat's not, like, you know, it, he wasn't holding the gun. No, sure, sure. That would have been something to see. <laughs> <laughs> shoots him in the fucking knee cat kneecaps him then shoots the pipe itself yeah <laughs> puts his face next to the pipe and shoots the pipe oh man it does like a duke nukem one-liner before it happens looks like you're in the hot seat <laughs> <laughs> puts on its sunglasses don't touch it's hot oh wait that was a leprechaun one-liner from... never mind so yeah walter like tries to um release the lifeboat and like just take the lifeboat away and just like you know get off the ship and they're like, what are you fucking crazy? He's like, you'll he's like, you'll die. Yeah. He's like, he's like, I'm gonna go. <laughs> and it expects no one to stop him. I think because they go into the pantry and it turns out that the cat fucking got into the rest of the food that was there. Yes. 
ate the rest of the cornflakes. It, <laughs> it ate all the rest of the cereal, like slashed it up and fucking spit all over it. My germs. So Walter tries to like get down the lifeboat and Rachel's like, yeah, uh, that ain't gonna work. Like we, we need to figure this out. And he, he just about starts crying. Yeah. And like, and Suzanne like doesn't believe the food's bad. This is, this is where she really breaks. Oh yeah. She's, she's all sitting there. She's like, you just want to keep the food for yourself. Yeah. You're, you're, you're a liar. And they're like, yeah, we're locking this pantry because if you eat it, you'll die. And we know that everybody's hungry and the temptation is greater than the risk <laughs> that you want to take. You know what I mean? She's like, they're like, the food's poison. She's like, your food's poison. Just walks away. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, she doesn't believe them worth a fucking lick. No. So they, they, so Walter and Suzanne go to skulk on the fucking deck and uh, Rachel comes out and like confronts Walter She's like, oh, you got to get up. She's like, you got to help us. He's like, fuck you. I'm going to die. So I'm just going to sit here. And she says some shit to him. Dude, and he he goes, well, at least you're consistent at being a dumb bitch. Yeah, he like gets up and like pushes her down. And he's like, he's like, your, fu- your daddy was dumb. Dan Haggerty was dumb. And I stuck this fucking boat from him because he was a cokehead. It is a very childish, like petty hissy fit she's like stop being useless and he's like oh yeah well you're a girl and girls are dumb and your daddy was dumb and the situation's dumb (laughs) and just pushes her and walks away (laughs) good one you fucking chump yeah suzanne starts laughing and he's just (laughs) delivers the fucking line he's like like, what are you laughing at you're gonna die yeah (laughs) and she's like (laughs) (laughs) well then they walk off and uh suzanne notices that uh rachel dropped the keys in the scuffle and uh so of course she grabs that and her first thought is up to the fucking food locker oh yeah dude and she fucking opens this pantry and she's like uh she's like oh there's a bunch of food in here and she like takes a little bite and she's like i knew it they were lying fucking wanted to keep it for themselves uh so she starts eating the food and the cat shows up (laughs) the cat's like how you doing yeah and she's like i didn't she starts conversing with it like i didn't mean to take the food i only took a little bit and then she's like, you're not going to hurt me, are you? And the cat's like, nope, because I already licked that food and you're going to die now. Poison! Surprise, you're already dead. <laughs> she might as well have died just like the old man at the end of fucking Night of the Demons with the freaking uh, apple pie. Oh, yeah, dude. The razor blades? Just as painful. Oh, this was ghastly. So, the, again, there's a lot of bladder work in the neck. And this is that scene where I was talking about, like, her neck bubbles up and she goes to grab it and it looks like she was trying to pop it to explode but then it kind of jump cuts and then and then we cut to it again and it's already like pre it's already pre-popped and it's all over the place yeah she's she's already covered in blood and she's just kind of gagging um i was kind of bumped i'm like up oh, here it is oh they took it away from me yeah <laughs> i mean it happens it happens again it's like a low budget thing and if the gag doesn't go off i mean it, it is what it is and you just got to keep going i didn't really care because i the way this cat, you know, offs you, I think is interesting because you can kind of get imaginative with, um, cause that effect of like, you know, the blood overproducing and shooting out from everywhere is cool. In this case, like it's in objectively, you know, one of the worst places it can be your throat because it's like, that's just yeah. like the business section of your body for blood flow and everything's going to fucking fire out immediately. <laughs> yep. And your brain and heart are like equidistance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you're cutting up one, like you're going to start to pass out immediately because like I, I'm imagining the blood flow to your brain is being, you know, severely fucked with. Man, it just like it fucking your head just pops. And if your throat is swelling up, it's probably harder to breathe. Um, and you know, the jugular vein is right there. <laughs> oh yeah. So the ship starts sinking because a fucking dumbass blew a fucking hole in the hull in the engine room. Besides that, it's also like a bad storm they're just starting to go through. Daniel Baldwin pops out of the water. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> 
with an axe in hand. How did I get here? <laughs> I was fighting my dad, and all of a sudden, I blacked out. I was fighting my dad underwater, and all of a sudden, I popped up on this boat. Went through that John Hurt fucking portal that was there earlier. Sure did. He goes back under and pops back out in the boat from that fucking movie. Like... <laughs> That's how they get out? Pass the Meg on the way in. Oh, man. Statham's there trying to grab onto the fucking side of its mouth. <laughs> so, uh, not only is the boat sinking, but the, now we're in the middle of a fucking hurricane. And uh, Martin and Rachel are trying to lower the um, the lifeboat or get all the essentials into the boat so they can get off. And they're like, come on, Walter. Like, what the fuck? He's like, I'll be right back. And he goes and he grabs the two briefcases from his uh, wall safe brings them back and he's like I gotta get one more case that I could have put under my arm the first time <laughs> well yeah right I mean I get it's like but the plot dictates that I don't <laughs> I get it's flooding and it's you know up to his chest but come on man this is dire consequences if you don't get this done fast the boat's sinking there's a killer cat come on get your shit together so yeah um, he gets back to the room and guess who's by the, lo- the fucking briefcase the cat going <laughs> Oh, yeah, fucking hand-rubbing like crazy? Yeah. (laughs) This is also the best shot of the movie where you get the best look at this thing coming out of the mouth for the longest amount of time. Uh, I love this shot, too, because he's got a flashlight on it, and they mimic that with the the miniature... uh, Not the miniature. I don't even know what the fuck you'd call it. Uh, The the, the, the giant cat head with the puppet coming out of it. It's really cool. Um, Cat comes out. Jumps at Walter and fucking rips his throat out and fucking tumbles into the water. You know, Rachel is ready to go and Hedgeworth is like, well, hold on. Let me just go make sure that uh, Walter's okay. She's like, ah, fucking forget about him. And he's like, no, get the get the lifeboat in the water and I'll meet you in the water. So he goes into the fucking room and he finds Walter's body. And you think, okay, that's the end of that. But he's like, yeah, fuck it. He was holding on to this for dear life. I might as well grab it. So he takes the briefcase. But they, they get on the lifeboat and they, and they go to paddle out. And uh, I think Rachel's already ahead of him. And he, like, jumps off the boat and, like, catches up with her. Yeah. Well, then they're on the boat and Martin's like, wow, what the hell was he holding on to this for dear life? Let's see what's inside. He's like, oh, my God, there's got to be, like, a million dollars in here. There's a million smackers. You could buy a new yacht, and you can get your fucking biology degree. This is great. And we'll get married. Meanwhile, there's a shot of this, like, <laughs> again, low-budget movie, but this boat looks like something in my fucking bathtub as a kid. Sinking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it works for what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. It looks better than all of Titanic 2, all right? Like, let's just let's give him that much credit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, looks better than that. The movie from 1987, miniature toy boat in a bathtub looks better than Titanic 2. That fucking featureless monstrosity of a CGI block. Gray blob. The turds in the toilet after I'm done going look better than Titanic 2. Let's be honest. <laughs> At least they have, yeah, but they have texture, so, you know. Sure. They have character. Already advantage. So the fucking cat jumps out of the water onto this boat. God, this is funny, because it it pops up like four times. Oh, yeah. He he, he jumps at fucking Martin for the first time, and he's like, oh, shit, and he throws it off him, and and she's like, did it bite you? He's like, no, I'm good, I'm good. It's back again, and it like <laughs> jumps on the boat again, and then it goes after Martin again. <laughs> he fucking wings it off the second time, and then they kind of figure out that like, oh well, we're the only floating thing here, so it's going to keep coming back. So they end up uh, emptying all the money from the briefcase into a bag, and they throw the the empty briefcase over, and it and the cat climbs on the fucking thing and just kind of smiles, drifts away from them. <laughs> 
like winks at him. It like it makes some kind of face and just sitting there just bobbing up and down in the fucking water. It's like mur mur like just ah man. I lost you guys. The Jeopardy music or the Price is Right music starts playing. Is that what you just implied? That was supposed to be like, a, you know, a downbeat kind of music. But yeah, it came out like Price is Right. Totally. <laughs> That'd be fantastic if the Price is Right music did play when it's just sitting there. This Caribbean guard, or, I, I mean, I guess that's what he is, right? Yeah, yeah, in the Cayman Islands. Who's like, hey, hello, your story's bullshit, go to bed. <laughs> your story's bullshit, but here's some clothes and accommodations, uh, catch you later. And uh, they end up making off with the fucking, with the money and happy ending. And then we cut to the beach and we see the uh, briefcase washed up. And then we see the cat... Or, no, we see, uh, yeah, we see a cat, and then Graydon Clark's son comes up and picks the cat up. <laughs> well, it's a black cat this time, so it's not totally clear that it's the same creature. Yeah, like it jumped hosts. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess that's the implication, right? Yeah, I would assume. So that's the U.S. ending. The international cut. Oh, boy. I believe that the scene is shorter between them and the Caribbean uh, officer guy, but uh, it shows this kid with a briefcase and running down like a dock, and it, it's still Graydon Clark's son, and it's now it's Graydon Clark himself. And he's like, what you got there? And he picks up the, the, the case, and he opens it up, and the fucking cat jumps out of the case at the screen and then cut to black. Maybe that's why they cut that uh, stuff with him as a scientist in the beginning. It could be. I was going to say, because that would have him get killed in this movie twice. Yeah, well, I don't really know the story. I mean, we're going to have to ask him, but I, I really don't know uh, the deal with that. So the questions shall be answered. Yes. But that's the movie. And credits. And that's it. That's the uninvited. Um, so where are we putting this? If this is uninvited, sorry. Oh, excuse me. The uninvited is that terrible movie I keep referencing. <laughs> I know. I keep saying the uninvited. It's just uninvited. And I saw the title card and I was like, ah, there it is. The way to push that other movie out of my head. <laughs> yes. So, uh, so where are we putting this? Um, this is a shelf movie. This is a, uh, a really fucking good time. Um, there are points where the pacing kind of slows down a little bit and i can see some people maybe disengaging for a few minutes kind of when there's a little bit too much bickering or kind of you know no uh cat secondary jaw uh shenanigans uh xeno cat or catomorph whatever you want to call it i like catomorph <laughs> um um Klugelger is hysterical uh george kennedy is unintentionally hilarious uh and his presence in the movie is fantastic uh the the graham character is great even if you don't like the teenagers, like, there's still kind of something they bring to the movie. Uh, the actress playing Suzanne kind of gets a little more of a nuanced performance towards the end as she starts to become a little more unhinged. Uh, and that cat is fucking ridiculous. Like, it, <laughs> once you see it in action, you're like, that is some wacky shit, and I love it. Yeah, shelf. I don't know where to put this, like, between... I guess, like, if I put it between two movies, it's like I, was, I think I referenced Shockma earlier, like something like that. Yeah. And uh, like any other movie where you have people, you know, fucking with an animal or an organism, organism and turning into something that uh, inevitably, inevitably murders all of them. Um, I can't think of something specific right now, but I'm sure I could later on. The suckling. Hey, bam. <laughs> <laughs> bam. Also, if you're afraid of water like me, the idea of uh, being trapped in a yacht with something uh, else on the boat that could kill you is fucking petrifying. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, shelf. I, I, this is such a good time. Uh, this movie's fucking bizarre, and it's batshit, and I love it. 
It really is. I hope that when people think of me, shit like this pops into their head. Um, Because, again, like I've said this before, but this is like life's blood for me. Um, And I would mentioned before in the episode, like I first heard about this as a kid, and I always wanted to see it so bad. And I didn't get a chance to see it until I had uh, moved and I was a little bit older. Um, And I think I mentioned even on the Willys episode, um, I had bought... I, I had was I was able to buy this from the ADZ video in Tom's River, New Jersey, before it went out of business, or when it did go out of business, right? Um, I just fucking love this movie. It's like everything you possibly want in a low budget flick. It's got a ton of heart. Everybody gives a shit that's on that's on board. You know, um, you have really great actors. Again, like I mentioned before too, like Graydon Clark's always always hired like really great talent, even though they weren't like huge in Hollywood anymore we still got a ton of talent here between Clue Gulliger Alex Cord and George Kennedy I mean they crush it um the young kids aren't aren't that bad either they're pretty good and they go on to have lucrative careers you know what I mean and even the effects people it's just a really good time um I don't know if if I can really add to too much what Connor says because it's one of those things you have to experience (laughs) to uh, you know what I mean to really get the full effect here um I love the cat so much and um, I was asked one time, like, oh, if you could remake anything, like, what would you make? And I had, at the time, I had said The Kindred, because I love that flick. But, like, maybe it's Uninvited? Yeah, I could see it. Uh, give this a little bit more of a budget, um, and you can have something really fucking wacky. Like, really, I mean, I think it's good already. It obviously uh, has a, a lot of the low-budget charm to it, um, but I think that would be really fun to do. Um, especially like with the subject matter and all that kind of stuff. Every, everything's great. I, I really, I really enjoy everything about this film. And even though some of the, some of the, some stuff can get hokey, but like, it's never to the point where I'm like, this sucks. You know what I mean? Like it's charming. It's always, it's always charming. It always puts a smile on my face when I see it. Um, it's a fucking movie about a mutant cat that lives inside a regular cat that kills people on a yacht. I mean, <laughs> That's all you need to know. Yeah. It's on the shelf, obviously. Um, if I had to put it between two films, I'd put it between Mutator uh, with Brian James, because that film is about um, a, a corporation that makes genetic mutants f- uh, from cats, but they're like humanoid cats. It's really fucking creepy and weird. And I'd put it between uh, Strays, um, that 90s movie about um, the cats who uh, take over um, uh, this this young couple's house that moves into this house. And I think that's... The, uh, uninvited is the bridge there <laughs> that kind of unites those two films. So that's where that goes on the show for me. Uh, yeah, fantastic. I love it. Um, I think this kind of goes without saying, but this is absolutely a shelf movie. Um, I, I honestly remember the first time I saw this film was with Joe in my parents' basement. Yes, where we where we would watch a lot of these kind of movies. We had we had the uh, the combo DVD and VHS player down there. My dad had set up, and uh, I've seen this movie a few times, but I always go back to that memory of watching it for the first time and having the reactions that uh, Connor you had yourself today. <laughs> but uh, you know, I I like this movie a lot, but I would kind of rank it on the level of like you know, going off of something we did on this show, like kind of like the suckling. Sure. Where uh, I definitely love this movie, but there are things about it that, that bring it down a tiny bit. There are a little too many scenes of just people dancing to music, and, and I, I wonder if that was just because they had the rights and they, they wanted to make sure they got their money's worth. Um, And, you know, I'm not totally crazy about... 
the whole idea of just, well, they're on this yacht to get laid, but I also totally get that's what people do on spring break. So it doesn't bring the movie down too much for me because, you know, like like you guys have said and like we just talked about, Mutant Cat, uh, George Kennedy, Clue Gulliger, Walter's great. Basically, everybody's great in this. Uh, I think maybe the weakest character is Lance. Um, and Corey, you know, he's a shithead, but his character is interesting. And so I guess just to kind of finish off what I'm trying to say is uh, when we look in the closet at our friend Daniel Baldwin... <laughs> Um, I think, uh, we're, we're twisting that nipple and the, uh, chest is opening and the, uh, the, the portal to the, uh, the never ending vault of movies, uh, opens up and, uh, uninvited is placed in there lovingly. And, uh, you know what? Uh, I look forward to watching this movie again when my Blu-ray from Vinegar Syndrome arrives in the mail, along with my copy of The Suckling, uh, Tammy and the T-Rex and, the ice cream man as I have held over my girlfriend's head for weeks now. <laughs> it's so good. I can't wait for you to watch it. And yeah, I don't know what else I could really add. I really like this film. And if you haven't seen it, check it out. Yeah. Go g- again. Um, go get that, that vinegar syndrome Blu-ray. Cause it's really good. Um, there's a commentary track, uh, with, uh, with Graydon. Um, there's a couple other extra features. It's not jam packed with extra features, but it's a great way to own this film, um, especially because I, I think it got a DVD release, but that's long out of print. And then the only other way to see it is on VHS. Um, so so go grab that that Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray because they did a really great job restoring it. Um, it's awesome. Also, stay tuned because the following Monday after this drops, we have an interview dropping with the director himself, Graydon Clark, the low-budget legend himself um very excited to talk to him and really excited to share it with all you guys and make sure you go to that instagram and you look up that md guide and you see what's cooking um we should have um july's dropping soon within the next week or so so keep an eye out for that and of course please go to apple podcasts uh leave us a five-star review leave us good feedback i mean we want to hear from you you know what i mean leave us that five-star uh rating and leave us a a comment or two. Um, That'd be great. Also, you can get us on Spotify, and you can get us on uh, Google Play, um, Pandora. Uh, We're on anywhere you can find this podcast, or you find your podcast, you can get us. So just look for us. So that's it. That's Uninvited from 1987, directed by Graydon Clark. Hey, everybody, if you want some more bad movie goodness, you can check us out at moviedumpsterpodcast.com. Subscribe to us anywhere you listen to your podcast, and make sure to leave us a five-star review if you dig the show, because it helps us get out of the bottom of the dumpster and into more eardrums. Yeah, and if you're on the social medias, you can follow us at Movie Dumpster on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm Joel Scola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor McGraw. Thanks for visiting the dumpster. I own this boat because I was smart and your daddy was dumb like you. Yeah, well, you're an idiot, Walter, and you always were. And you two can just stay out here and die if you want to, but not me. <laughs> what are you laughing at? You're gonna die. <laughs>